United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Ross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hey. Hey, what's up? I. It's so hard to try to do this episode and pretend like we didn't just spend like a fucking hour complaining and ranting. I know. My head hurts. Nothing good. Yeah, yeah dude. Nah. My, okay. Okay. I'm going to show you something right now. So, this, oh, I should have said this on Patreon because I, and you understand, I always get also, hey, what's up? My name's Noel and that's Chelsea. Um... I am always on my fucking partner's ass about like you need to go to the fucking doctor. You know what I mean? Like you need to uh, you need to go to the fucking doctor. Uh, right? Yeah. I have been having severe and I'm not sure if it's joint or tendon. I'm not sure. But I've been having joint and or tendon like pains and issues since getting COVID. Oh. Um and it used to be like in my feet, like in the balls of my feet, it almost felt like I pulled something in my foot so I couldn't even like walk flat. Like, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. It only felt okay if I was wearing shoes, some shoes to walk, but if I was walking flat, it hurt. But then that completely stopped and it's moved to my hands. Um, and I'll wake up and be like unable to like move my hands. And um, right now it's like really affecting one single finger. Can you tell? That sounds like, in my experience, when I have asthma, my hands stop functioning. I wonder if it like fucked with your lungs in such a way that now like you're not getting enough oxygen to your limbs. I don't. I don't. I don't but know because like I feel like my breathing is fine. But if you look, I'm sure only Chelsea can see this. I'll try to describe yeah. it. Well, it just so, looks like she's doing the God and Adam painting where she's just like holding her hand up. <laughs> It does. Yeah, my it's my uh my left hand pointer finger. It almost feels like a like a rubber band about to snap. It won't extend. So throughout it, this hand, my left hand still hurts all around, like in the joints. But I can't even move my um left pointer finger. Yeah, that sounds like a tendon thing. Because like I broke. But like, do you see? Do you see yeah. even like it's just arched? This is my all my other fingers are flexed straight and that one's arched. I can move it like I can physically go like that and it hurts, but like it's very weird. Um, it is I don't weird. know what that is. I probably also, you, should see a doctor. You know, if you go to a doctor for your finger, they're going to just be like, fuck you. Yeah, I know. Well, I was also thinking like it could be um, like some version of arthritis because like it's the fact that it's like a, it's gone to my feet and then moved yeah. to my hands um seems like it could be arthritis but like and the pain is so like pulsating all over that i can't tell if it's the joints which would be arthritis or like the tendons does that make yeah. sense yeah which would be like because it carpal feels like or something you know yeah it but feels it's like in your both i know the feet is what made me think it was tendon Dude, stuff we can't start the episode like this Sorry, that is. What I may it is. just have to cut this and just put it at the end of Patreon as an addendum. Um, I no. can't believe you tainted this beautiful episode with your personal problems about your getting old, Noel. Um, you just hurt for no reason once you approach, once you get into your twilight years. 
I understand, but this is my reality. This if, is my pain. Everyone only, has to suffer with me. If only there was a way to escape your reality. So I've heard something better. So I've I have heard a question for you. That we found this, maybe. Yeah. What's up? What is your first memory of a furry? My first memory of a furry, um, it was, uh, um, I'm trying to remember what the music video was or if it was a movie. I think it was a music video where they showed like a sex party and there were people, um, in like full fursuits. I don't know when, see, with me, I don't know when I ever was first made aware of furries. They were always just there, kind of like how I was always aware of, like, Disney as a child. Um, But I do recall being at comic conventions and seeing furries and also having that same thought of where I wanted to associate them with kink communities and sex. First conception. Um, I have never seen a furry at like a comic convention. Maybe I have, and I just like, wasn't aware. Um, I've definitely seen, and this, this was, this is, no, I don't want to muddy the waters with that. I've seen people in the kink community that like, you know, wear collars with leashes and do like pup play. Yeah. But I'm not sure if that would be, considered the same and we should have asked this yesterday if that would be considered the same thing as um what was the what was the term for sex furry sex yiffing was it yiffing yeah Yeah, yiffing i'm I'm not sure if it's the same thing as i don't think it would be and here's why um because i feel like fursuits or the furry community being a furry is about the persona of the animal. Whereas I would say like the kink of dog play is completely different. Um, Cause I don't think, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's, um, here's, here's what dog press um, put out in 2018. They, and well, I will have to dig into this article. It's puppy play incident at furry weekend, Atlanta. Um, and this sentence here, pup play is an offshoot of the leather scene that mm-hmm. overlaps with furry, but isn't always welcome. And I, I think that's like, that's it. Yeah. Cause like, oh my God, r slash BDSM community is pet play the same as being a furry. See, these are the answers we have all been looking for. I would say no. Um, hot Saturday morning debate. Um, yeah, absolutely not. They can they can intersect depending on the person, but the sexy side of being a furry is a lot smaller than people think. The furry community has a lot of minors, so thinking pet play is the same as being a furry is dragging unconsenting kids into a kink. Someone else said, also, I just need everyone to know, the r slash BDSM community, their upvotes and downvotes are fucking butt plugs. So anyway... God is oh. glorious light is shining upon us today. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, how unfortunate that we fell into the stereotype of opening up a furry 
episode immediately talking about kinks, man. But that was our first conception, right? Yeah, that We're was trying it. to be that honest what, here, y'all. That is what we, much like probably a most of most of you ignorance, um, felt and thought that that was it. That the two things that the Venn diagram was a fucking circle. And, and we oh are boy, here to tell you, we were mistaken. We were so wrong. Yeah. And what's this episode about? Noelle, it's about FurCon because we went. We sure did. I had a great time. I had a great time as well. And up top, before we get into the great time, since this is like also a hater episode, um, and not hater towards furries, hater towards everyone else. Everyone, everyone who fucking came at us, even Mm -hmm. if you were being silly funnies, everyone who fucking came at us for on all forms of social media, whether it was on Discord, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, if you were emailing me, all the motherfuckers. My sister sent me a like, text. She said, can't believe you're a furry now. Yeah. You I'm know like, what? <laughs> it's unbelievable. The audacity unbelievable. is unbelievable. The audacity is on record-breaking charts, honestly. And you know what? I used to be looking right in the mirror. Yeah. But now I've been enlightened, and so have you. Yeah, because, you know, you point a finger, there are four pointing back at you. No, only three. <laughs> you, what? Oh, yeah, if you point thumb. a finger, there's only three. <laughs> oh, maybe you. I thought you have a broken ass hand. I, could, I was like, me. mine are all pointing back at me. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, no, if you do like this, you're, if you point like this and not a finger gun, if you put your finger gun down, Chelsea. Even if you like go like this, if you your do thumb like this, is still not pointing at you. It's still, it's kind of more at you. No, it's kind of the guy to your left. It's so if you point a finger at someone, there's three pointing back at you and one to the left of yeah, you. Yeah, one, one is the pointing, person to the left of you. Yeah, one of my my thumb is pointing at Sebulba's pod racer. So don't you <laughs> dare drag him into this. If there's a random person standing next to you, they are yeah. also included. And you know what? They probably are. Yeah. If they were shitting on the fur community because that we have talked about this in many episodes and I'm about to loop it into the furry community motherfucker. There are times where you go into spaces that you immediately recognize are sacred or magical, or they have an atmosphere. I imagine if you go to Stonehenge, there is an electricity in the air. It's the same thing when you go to um, graveyards, um, when you see like architecture, when you go to a space where something in history, like amazing has happened. And that, was the parking lot of FurCon. Brother, oh. I could not agree with you more. The moment we drove separately, but we rolled in at the same time, we were both parking at the same time. The moment I rolled in, and I thought we were there on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. We were there like Friday, 1 p.m., right, at this convention center in, in Layton, Utah. I was expecting maybe five people. <laughs> really, though, really, it's, right? That's I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting what we got. I wasn't expecting much, no. When we pulled into the parking lot and there were about clocked 15 to 20 furries in full fursuits or like they were carrying their head walking into the convention, it was electrifying. It was was like a cinematic experience. And we just rolled up to each other and we're like, oh my fucking God, this is crazy. This is for real. This is the real deal. Yeah. 
It's uh, the way I would compare it is when you're waiting outside to go to a concert and they finally open the doors and let you in and you go from being an individual to being part of the pack. And yes, I mean part of the pack. Mm -hmm. I use that word on purpose because the, you go from individual to community. And I wish that there was a way to really describe that because we don't identify as furries. We went into this as a very much observational type of thing. Like we didn't want to be mean to anybody, but we thought we were going to be entertained Mm -hmm. as observers. And what we ended up finding was we were entertained as um, participants, right? And the air. Yeah. So like the second you walk in um, COVID protocol, we had to show our COVID cards. I was like, I don't think I'm going to die here. What yeah. with um, mm, all mass, the mass shooters, mass required. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not I was like, anymore. This it's feels other people. Safe. Yeah, this is a safe event. Yeah, uh, um, which yep. is which is not always my experience. Even if I go into areas where I am comfortable, I'm always hackles up. Mm-hmm. And coming in here, it was great, and we were included from the fucking jump. Yeah. I am still so impressed that when we were filling out our name tags, that we. We put had to pick what animal species we were, and it wasn't optional. Mm-hmm. You were in from the jump. We yeah. picked wolves. We have since changed our minds on what we would be. Well, yeah. you would still be kind of a wolf. Yeah. I mean, maybe not. No, I I decided yesterday that I would be a fennec fox because they're cute. That's what I meant. A fox. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, a you fox. should be. Um, I decided I would be a rat, and um. Man, but still, so just right from the jump, we were in. Mm-hmm. Um, our QR codes wouldn't scan, so we got to, like, go up to the front. And then even then, the like, it was so well-managed. It wasn't, like, packed with a line. Everybody was sweet. They had refreshments. They had free refreshments, free Yeah, complimentary. Complimentary. Which, when does that happen? Also, like, Never. as far as the fan experience, um, reasonably priced tickets – Yep. Um, 100% donated. The convention is a nonprofit. And even if you were just there for a day, so you paid $36, right? You got their like truly chef's kiss, magnificently designed, beautiful fucking quality, yep. like placard lanyard pass. It was so good, right? Because like sometimes that's all that is the only souvenir people get is the pass. Mm-hmm. And you also got a printout with like your name on it and everything that you got to put on the pass. Mm-hmm. So it was like a curated experience for you. And sometimes I forget how fun that is because we don't ever get that. Like if I went yeah. to the movies and they scan my ticket and they're like, have fun, Chelsea. Woo. And it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, we're never we're never well uh, even that like i if you come to my house you'll see that i have a vanity and around the vanity mirror are a bunch of movie tickets i'm a sucker for a movie ticket i love movie tickets i also try to keep as many like if we get um like music tickets festival tickets concert tickets whatever i try to physically keep those as well and i'm obsessed with it right and even that's being phased out with QR codes, which is great. It's better for the environment, whatever. But being able to like have that tangible thing, it's just, I, I don't know. It's That's money that they're putting in for you because yeah. like this is a completely donated um, entry fee that they're, they're putting, the community is putting money in yeah. for you to have that automatically and also have like complimentary, you know, shit available as well. 
Yeah, and it, so one thing that we noticed, when we first got into the con, our first goal was shopping. Um, I don't know if that was so much your goal, but I think it became your Bitches goal. Bitches be shopping. <laughs> well, I was yeah. like, I want merch. I want to see what they have. And yeah. I was expecting surge prices because you know how it is. You go to Comic-Con and it's like, oh, you want to print? It's $45 for mm-hmm. an 11 by 15. And you're like, ugh. Everything reasonably pl- priced, right? Like from the second we got in there, there were pins, there was art, there were stickers. The stickers were like a dollar and they were high quality. And um, we beelined for the ears because we wanted we to sure did. in. We sure did. We Because we were still at this point coming in being like, we need to let everyone know we're not here to make fun of them. We yeah. need to let everyone know that we're like down with the clown. And so we beelined it to this um, booth that had ears, um, tails, paws, collars, and other little fun accessories like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, we've got to get the ears. We've got to blend in. And even for these like super high quality, adorable little ears, like they aren't little tiny white ones are a little bit bigger. It was like 20 bucks. And then we got collars, like these beautiful leather collars with a charm, also 20 bucks, which is insane. I, that's like cheaper than mall prices. And I was yeah. expect I was expecting the ears to be like 40 bucks and the collars to maybe be 50 bucks. Um, I did have a little bit of a, a confused moment today when I was looking at my bank and it said like pawrific. I was like, what the fuck is pawrific? But then yeah. it was all the charges from Furcon coming through. And for those of you who sew or those of you who buy fabric, you know that that fur fabric where it's actually fluffed up and everything is expensive. And the person who sold us the ears tufted them up with a special little comb yeah. well, they gave them to us. Yeah. It tufted it was, the fur. I felt so fucking special. It was very special. It was very curated. Everyone was very um, personable and polite. Also, there was no, there was no sense of like a corporate clause into it because I, you go yeah. to any other convention and, you know, they've got, like, Funko Pop Land, which is fine, whatever. But it's, like, this was fully, like, small businesses, people yeah. in the community. Like, people want to support the community. Everything was authentic. It wasn't a cash grab. That's exactly it, right? Because it was um, – all the booths were different. And sometimes that's not always the experience you have at conventions or Fairs, you know, you go to like some of the fairs and like everything is the same, like light up fake lightsabers and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, or like those bohemian bags, the MLM feel or the corporate feel. It was truly curated to fit all interests. They had the more expensive top tier um, fursuits that you could start putting things together yourself all the way down to like furry mitten type things that were more affordable that might just be for like everyday wear that are like fingerless gloves that you can type while you're at work. We spent so I spent so much money personally. Yeah, (laughs) Um, definitely spent more money than I should have. That's for sure. And then we popped over to Vality Studios and I do want to give Vality Studios a particular shout out. They are a local 
comic book company from Utah. They do Ruthless, which is absolutely one of – now that we've entered our villain era, I do think everybody should read Ruthless because it's a little girl who goes through a bunch of shit. And at that pivotal, pivotal moment when most people decide to be a hero, she's like, I'm becoming a villain. And then she reaches out to the main villain in her area, and he takes her under his wing. Oh, my favorite story, honestly, <laughs> is a good villain arc. Read it because it's a comic book written by people who enjoy comics. So it's not, I don't know. Sometimes you can go into a comic shop and buy a Marvel comic off the shelf and it reads like someone shitting in your mouth and in yeah. your ears and your eyes. <laughs> this comic is delightful. And I say that as somebody who like, anyway, Vality who Studios. Who lives check and out. breathes comics. Yeah. You can because say it. Vality Studios, the thing about them that makes them so special, so special shout out to um, Andrew and Chris, is that they are aware of what fans like and they curate what they're doing to that and not in a corporate way. So, for example, they made custom stickers for the con. They brought um, like equality stickers because one thing that you and I weren't aware of is how much – how queer identifying the furry community is. So they brought Mm -hmm. stuff with their finger on the pulse to that. They also brought humor to it. You bought a sexy Pikachu uh, keychain. Sure, sure did. It wasn't just a sexy Pikachu. It was a sexy Pikachu foot fetish furry keychain, Mm -hmm. which is honestly so many layers of um, perfected precision that there was no way I was not leaving without it. Yeah, and I got like a b-boy furry who looked like he was like posing for the cover of his next um, EP. So we did stop there, and the reason why I'm bringing it up specifically is because everybody should go to their Etsy page and look at their um, horror tarot deck that's like all comic book art. Um, but also there's just really affordable. But what they did was they got us into contact with various individuals who are actually willing to do an interview. And mm-hmm. – I watched um, a documentary today, and I think it was called Fursonas, and it was on Amazon. And I did not realize what we were stepping into reputation-wise because the people who are doing this documentary asked everybody, like, what is your perception of the media? And since we're now formally local media, thank you, Fox News. Thank you, Um, um, Brandenburg. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Brian Brandenburg. We are now considered local media. That will go down in news history. We're the enemy because everybody comes into these spaces and says, I want to show what your community really is. And then they highlight the the reels that make them look bad. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's they only ever want to focus on sex. And that's honestly, we're guilty of that because that's what we thought it was going to be. Definitely. Um, we ended up getting absolutely dog walked in our misconceptions because that's not what it was at all. Mm-hmm. So... Our friends over at Vality got us in contact with Talon, and they were so generous to um, talk to us, be our first interview with um, a furry about what it is to be a furry. Yep. So hold on to your ears. We're inserting that now. Uh, okay. So we have Talon. Um, oh, are you recording right now? Yeah, so I have cool. Okay, go ahead. You can intro. Okay, so we have Talon here, and you're on the board of directors. That's right. Okay, so um, in a nutshell, what is the convention about, and what are your guys' goals? Uh, so Anthropic Utah is a is a furry convention, so it's kind of a celebration of um, uh, of, of all th- uh, animal, uh, I guess all things animal. Imagine if uh, 
they could walk and talk just like us. You know, what would that be like? What would we be like if, if we were animals like that? You know, like a dog or a cat or a dragon or, you know, just really anything your imagination can make up. Um, so this convention just kind of is a chance for people to uh, take a break from the real world and, um, you know, put on their, their furry self, you know, their fursona, and, and just kind of have fun with that and play with each other. Cool, awesome. So we noticed you said furry. Um, we've been also hearing people say fursuits. Is there uh, etiquette towards how you refer to people when they're at this convention? So uh, everyone at the convention, they're, you know, they're an attendee. Uh, the community as a whole, we just call each other furries. Um, when people are in their, are in their costumes, their fursuits, uh, we, we, we refer to them as fursuiters. Uh, or suitors, uh, just purely as that's that's what they're currently dressed up. That's how they're that's how they're acting around right now. Okay, so it's more of like you are a part of the furry community, but when in suit, you're a fur suitor or a suitor. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's nothing derogatory to call someone a furry. No, not at all. It's it's like it's like going going to you know like fan X and you see a lot of people walking around. They're attendees, but when they're dressed up in in costume and walking around, they're cosplayers. Okay. That's good. That's a good analogy. That's actually in cosplayer too. What's the difference between like being a fursuiter versus being a cosplayer? Because there is a very definitive distinction, and they don't tend to cross paths very often. Um, I would say cosplayers are generally uh, they're they're costuming and acting as a character from from like a comic or a movie or or something like that. Whereas fursuiters are generally they have their own. Uh, their own character that they've that they brought to life, and so they are they're cosplaying as themselves. Okay, cool. That brings me into a question I had. Um, as we were speaking to some people at the convention, they even mentioned having like furry graphic novels. And are there fur suitors who are like doing a version of cosplay or inspired by a show or a graphic novel or a book or maybe an online series or would you say is the majority this is all original creations and they're just kind of doing themselves i would i would say most most furries are are original uh they, they come they it's really limited just by the imagination um there are there are i guess uh sub sub cultures within the furry community that, that are more like there's there's a Pokemon characters. There's uh, there's people who like uh, like uh, How to Train Your Dragon, so they'll make a dragon based off of that universe. Um, but uh, again, no, nobody nobody inherently is is saying I am I am Toothless or I am Lucario. They are ba- they're basing a character that looks like that. You know. Okay, cool. I have a kind of a question to pop off of that. When you are creating like a fursona. Are you also kind of like lore building? Is that a part of it? Do you have like an origin story or is it just kind of you presenting like you still work your nine to five, but this is also you? Um, I would, uh, I'd probably give that a 50-50. There's a lot of people that, that have these really complex, really incredible backstories um, that they, they come up with their characters. Um, at the same time, there's also a lot of people that are like, this is me as a dog, you know? Uh, so it, it's just, it varies from person to person. Cool. So. Um, another aspect to this seems to be a little bit of escapism. Do you tend to find that people are creating characters based on what they want to be, or you know, is it is it more of an escape, or is it just kind of expanding on attri- like attributes that they already have? Um, I know I know a lot of people who make it uh, make characters 
uh, just kind of as an escape, you know, the, the world's really, you know, really harsh and I gotta go and do a job and stuff. It would be really nice to just be a fluffy animal person for a while. But um, I know, uh, I guess, me, me myself, uh, Talon, my dragon character, uh, he's, he's kind of a, a reflection of, of who I am and who, uh, I guess, the you know, personality characteristics and traits that I, I would like to have, that I want to work towards. I have kind of a spin on that as well. So we, we cosplay, and I always find that in costume, it's easier for me to kind of like expand on any personality traits that I do have and just be like a heightened version, like a performance, a performer. Would you say that like you yourself, when you're in character, do you feel like you feel more comfortable to be a little like outspoken, like uh, I guess, I don't want to say friendly, but just what's the word I'm looking for? Extroverted. Yeah. Do you feel like it allows you to be more extroverted with other people? Absolutely. Um, honestly, putting on a putting on a, a costume head, um, it's it's like putting a mask over yourself. Uh, for, for me, I, I definitely have a bit of a different personality when I'm going around in, in suit. Um, I know a lot of people have like social anxiety but uh, being able to, to costume around gives them kind of a kind of an alter ego to, to, to run around is and, and be someone else. Cool, I love that. Yeah, we just watched the fur games and it seemed like everybody in there was essentially just best friends. Like I did not get social anxiety, anything like that at all. Is that maybe a misconception about the furry community is that it's um i mean it tends to come off more salacious right but really it just seems like fast friendships is that kind of the a vibe that you've gotten to in your experience um i i'm not going to deny that, that, that there are more adult areas of the very community um just like just like any other you know yeah. community out there um there, there are definitely more adult sites um however especially here at anthropocene utah we're a family-friendly commission everyone here is is here just to have fun and people make friends super easily honestly uh going up and just hugging your first suitor everyone loves hugs or yeah. at least you know most people love hugs so <laughs> so i I'd, I'd say it's it's really easy for people to just go up and make friends with anyone so cool i love that and i i before we let you get back to work because you are helping here at the convention <laughs> um so we heard the grapevine that this convention is a nonprofit. Would you be able to like tell us a little bit more about that? For sure, yeah. Um, so we are, yeah, we're, we're, we're a nonprofit. We're a 501c7. Um, so we are, we're designated kind of as a, as a social event. We don't make, we don't make money on, on this at all. Uh, we, we don't get paid or anything. We volunteer all of our time. Um, but we ha every year we have a we have a charity that we that we work to raise funds for. We invite them here to do a presentation if they can. Unfortunately, they weren't able to make it this year. But we're always working to to raise donations just to help help uh, help a charity out. Uh, this year it's Wild Wonders. They're an animal rescue, and so we're just uh, we're just raising funds to help them. In uh, in the last couple of years, it's been really hard for them. Uh, they've had to cancel a lot of events, and they need to be able to to support all the animals that they're rescuing. Um, so yeah, we, we, we work for, we work with charities a lot and, um, any, anything that we, that we make ourselves as a convention, we put right back into just making it better. I love that. It's obvious to see that you guys care a lot about the community and putting a lot of effort into it. So we love, we love all of our attendees. They've, we wouldn't be here without them. I love that. Do you have any other final questions, Chelsea? No, just thank you so much. And just the amount of stuff we're here to learn today i'm super excited and i just appreciate you talking to us yeah thank you yeah i'm glad you guys have had fun and i hope i hope the rest of your your time here is great 
Yeah, we're so excited. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. And through the magic of editing, we are back. <laughs> also, you're going to have such a fucking nightmare time trying to do this. I'm really excited. I've already put all the audio through, except for our interview with Sol. I'm going to do that, but... I've already put the audio through like Audacity and I've cleaned it up and I tried to eliminate the background noise. I also did it with the Katy Perry song. Um, oh my God. Because <laughs> I want to try really hard. To, we like, were using a lapel mic in the middle of a yeah. convention. So um, yeah, sorry if the audio is yeah, rough. I was doing my best. But I will say that this is where we first learned what this convention had to offer specifically that we had no idea that it was entirely a nonprofit organization. Yeah. We had no idea that it was family friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so cool to be able to speak with somebody who took the time out of, they were very busy. Talon was a very busy person who took yeah. the time out of their day to touch base with the enemy because they didn't know when we tell people we're a podcast for deviants and nerds and it's called Chelsea and Noel go to hell. That could be anything. I would immediately be suspicious, but we were so graciously accepted. Um, So after we did our interview, you know, we also watched a lot of people interacting in their fursuits and my, you know, they were doing games and it was so interesting because the main thing that we saw was there was a, furry band Mm -hmm. which may have been my favorite part yeah there was Um, a um do you remember the name it was foxes why do we always forget it we've been told like 40 times furry band i'm trying to look it up it's like fox fox and pepper Yep. So yeah. Isn't that it? Foxes and pepper or something like that look oh great we're dropping the ball it was foxes and pepper yep Foxes and peppers. Foxes and peppers. peppers. First of all, if I had to describe the absolute joy, because, you know, when you see a baby clapping along to like Teletubbies or something on TV or Baby Shark, and it's like, Mm -hmm. they love this. That was how happy I felt. I was put back into my childhood where I forgot what it was like to just fucking have fun and enjoy something and not give a shit. Because the music was fun. It was furry um, oriented. So it would sing about like in their fursuits and, you know, things like that. And it was also like music, like musical comedy. Like they were also mm-hmm. just like writing funny songs, not necessarily about um, being in their fursuits, but like about driving in the sun, heading in your eyes. Um, yeah. It was, it was very enjoyable. Um, and I would say the furry music festival, if you will, was the part of the convention that affected me the most, not in the same way that it affected Chelsea, where she wanted to buy the vinyl and become like their biggest fans. I still want to do that. Which, yeah. But for me, it affected me in that I was seeing like the true magic behind the furry community in that I was seeing people who typically don't thrive or feel comfortable in these like mass social situations, massive groups of people doing audience participation, getting up and dancing and interacting in front of a giant crowd on a Mm -hmm. stage 
I saw them absolutely fucking flourish. And you're like, Noel, how could you say that? Did you go and ask them? Because after they would do all of this, they would come back to their seat. They would pop their like <laughs> their little fursuit head off. And then they would like stim for a little bit, which is um, something in the that people with autism do to self-soothe or calm themselves mm-hmm. down. And they would stim for a little bit, and then they'd pop that fucking head back on, and it was back to the goddamn show. And I was like, holy fucking shit. That's it. Like, so whether – the thing that I keep coming back to when, when I'm talking about the furry community to people now that I'm more educated and aware mm-hmm. – is that the furry community, much like everything, is a spectrum. You have people on the front of it who maybe just enjoy it, but like don't have a fursuit. To they have like partial fursuits, full fursuits, make art of it. And then all the way on the other spectrum, there is like the sex portion of it, of course. Mm-hmm. Just like everything, just like the anime. Every fucking fandom you yeah, see. Literally. Every fandom. Yeah. Um, And the one thing that it seems all furries, no matter where they are on that spectrum, um, find themselves like immersed in is this um, ability to be an amplified version of themselves, whether that's exhibiting traits that they have or exhibiting traits that they wish they had more of or wish they had like in general. it's just this like storytelling through uh, this persona that they've created. Mm-hmm. I find a big overlap, and we talked about this a little bit um, in our interview with Soul, that the same fandoms that love like D&D and role-playing games where they get to create lore about a character have more in common with furries than I think they even realize. Because yeah. – Sometimes people build D&D characters <laughs> to pull a little bits of themselves or to pull things they want to amplify or pull mm-hmm. things they want to emulate. Or they create a completely original character, you know, whatever, based off of what they roll and the, and the attributes tend to be. But it's still like character building of lore. And yeah. a lot of the times, especially when people are start, first starting out, they tend to pull something that represents them. Mm-hmm. And even people who are like way into D&D role-playing games um, where they build characters like this oftentimes end up even creating their original characters like as a cosplay and they create art. And yeah. like, that is literally the same fucking thing furries are doing. But rather than um, having a connection to like a cleric elf, they have a connection to something like a wolf or a house cat. Um, and, and they find more comfort in that. It's the same vein of mythology and fairy tales tales and storytelling um but it's just like they're just going down the same path on two different versions of the road um and that it it was just like watching all i was like that gif you know of all the math like algebra going across my head exactly and just like with D D, like um when i was doing D &D campaigns I don't necessarily love like the theater of it all. 
Um, yeah, I, I like to be more of like a character like myself. I don't like, um, I'm not good at doing voices and it exhausts me sometimes, as we all know, the absolute weight I carry trying to do a British voice. So trying to like do a character, like being a character actor is like really hard for me. So I'm not that type of person, but I've played with people who are typically like quiet, reserved. And the moment they're into their character, it's like this, you know, yeah, royalty has stepped into the room and people in the furry community do the same thing. But what's more peace and love to the D and D community. What's more incredible about the furry community is that there are people who um, have like neurodivergency or struggle with social anxiety, have anxiety, um, maybe have autism. And it's like the, they put the character on, they put their fursona on and it's just like a glowing version of themselves. So things yeah. that they weren't able to do just as, you know, like Craig who works at um, Best Buy as a computer technician or whatever, like mm-hmm. when he is in his persona, it is it is like the fucking show is on. He's greeting people, hugging people, public speaking, um, like doing these like big grandiose like activities in a massive crowds of people. And if anything, I hope that people understand that about the furry community it's that it's this like safe space for artists and creatives and the misunderstood mm-hmm. and and friends to just like come together and f- have fun and feel safe and feel connected yeah. and feel bonded and encouraged. 100%. And like, who are we to, as a society, to skew people who are a little bit different and pigeonhole them into like the other category and then shame them when they thrive there? Yeah, that's, that's literally it. That's literally it. Because like, what what do you see like from people's perception of like the furry community other than like people making fun of them in the, in the spaces they created. Right. Yeah. It's where no one's being hurt. Right. And this is like also another part where I was like, this is why this community is great because I'm sure you and I can relate when we go to other conventions. Um, If I'm going to attend on something, I'm not really sitting next to people I don't know. If I have to, I'm not really interacting. It's just because it's crowded. Mm -hmm. Um, If somebody were to touch me or like put their hand on my arm, I'd be very much looking at them like, who are you? Like what's going on? But when we were sitting down and watching like the fur games where they were playing the musical chairs type variation and the DJ was playing that paper bag or the plastic bags. Why do I always say paper bag? Um, (laughs) The DJ was playing that plastic bag song over and over again. And we were just cracking up and the people next to us, like one of them reached out and like grabbed my arm, like clutches pearls. And I did the same thing because we were like literally pulled into the social circle where we were all the fucking cool kids. And I don't know if I've ever experienced that before. I do get part of it at Comic-Con when I'm in a good cosplay, right? Um, I don't get that like walking the floor, especially, and I'm sure you can relate, as a female in comic book places or places with other pop culture. It is a pissing contest and it is a little gatekeepy. None of that. (laughs) Furcon. Absolutely none of that. We had ears on and we were treated with the same tier of respect and inclusion as somebody in like a fucking $5,000 suit. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
fun. And we saw parents there, like mom on her day planner, just like planning fucking lunches for the week while her little kid is running around in a fursuit and you see the joy in these kids faces and how much they're able to interact with people like them and you know what they probably get so much bullshit at school or they get so much bullshit just out in society and then you get to see people come alive and thrive and Mm -hmm. it made me feel bad that my conception of it made that sexy because I didn't understand it it, I'm putting a kink to it and then at the same time it's like who are we? We sit there and yeah. we want to say that we're sex positive and we're pro sex workers and stuff. But then if somebody does anything that we don't understand, suddenly we're like, what the fuck are they doing? And it's such yeah. a letdown that I have lived so long closed off from a community that ha- does nothing but lets people be comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> that That's exactly it. And like, I, I really want to, point this out because I think a big misconception about the furry community not just with them being like um, people thinking that it's all about sex when it's not when that's like such a minute little tiny portion of it and you know most people don't even they're furries but they don't partake in yiffing which you'll fucking learn the definition of Mm -hmm. with our interview with soul but um, I think a lot of it is like it's very much like Republican housewife Facebook group being like, well, what, what's the deal with the animals? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Why are they so obsessed with, with the animals? And then people, even like people who aren't necessarily like Normans, but like in all communities are mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, what's, what is the deal with the animals? And, it, and it's just like how like role-playing games like D&D have elf characters and warlocks and vampires and um, dwarves, like these mythical creatures, same fucking thing. Same fucking thing. They just resonate more with an animal they're comfortable with and know of. Um, Even like Soul brought up Disney's Robin Hood with the animated fox. Like, it's literally that. It has nothing to do with the worst, most salacious, most housewife clutching your pearls, Republican, evangelical, Christian fucking stereotype that you've put in your fucking head. Like, you fell for the propaganda. If you Mm -hmm. genuinely think, and I get it because I had these thoughts as well, and I'll admit it, I fell for it. I fell hook, line, and sinker, just like the, you know, the people screaming outside of abortion clinics that abortions are murder, we fell into the like, well, what's the deal with the animals and the sex stuff? It has I, nothing to nothing. do with that shit at all. Like you fell for it. You fell, you were reactionary to the fucking propaganda. Congratulations. They fucking got you. Yeah. And it's also like, you remember when um, the discussion surrounding transgendered individuals was always like, well, did you get bottom surgery, blah, 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 blah. And then you would see all these interviews coming with like Carmen Carrera, for example, was like, I'm here to talk about my modeling career. Can you please stop talking about my genitalia? This is inappropriate. And it's like taking a step back and being like, we went there searching for that. And then when we Mm -hmm. didn't find it, we were like, yeah, 
What's going on? And we were the perverts all along. We, the call was coming from inside the the house. The call is always coming from inside the house. And you know what? The fact that there are, that is an aspect of some furry community. So the fuck what? You can go and buy waifu pillows at Comic-Con and we think that they're like fine because it's funny. Or we're like, yeah, who gives a shit? Or, you know, like people can... Oh, I just can't believe it. Like we even joke that we're your favorite our e-girl, feet. your favorite e-girl that you fucking support on OnlyFans has a fucking bad dragon hentai dildo that she's shoving up inside of her as she's dressed as your fucking favorite waifu. Okay, and you want to sit here and say the furries are weird because yeah. some of them, some of and them, <laughs> like come on, it's, it's like a modern day. I don't want to say modern day witch trial. But it's like, if we can't control you, then we shove you into a taboo to shame mm-hmm. you. And that's yeah. exactly what happened because, like, we kept be- we kept going in like Jerry Seinfeld. Like, what's the deal with these airline peanuts? And everybody just kept, <laughs> yeah. like, looking at us. Like, and they – oh, my God. They were so patient because we kept asking, like, what's the fucking deal? What's the deal? What's the deal? You know, if I had someone ask me that every time I said that I like comic books or if I like Dungeons and Dragons, I'd be like, what's your fucking problem? Yeah. Are you a pervert? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't raise myself to be this way. Yeah. And it's now true. it's, um, and then when I see what good the community does and we're about to approach that with our interview with Alex is it gives people permission to also be okay with things that society has told them to not be okay. For example, um, we're going to learn in how Alex chose their fursona blew our minds at how fucking creative and safe that that is. And you know what? Like who, Oh, you know, yeah. I don't even know how to put it into words. It, It literally comes down to, we were looking for the perversion in it. And we were the perverts all along. Yeah. And it's just, just <laughs> like everything, there are aspects yeah. to that. Just like you yeah. could be a fucking San Francisco 49ers fan, right? And you can love their shit. You watch their games. You go to their games. You have the jersey. Maybe even you have a man cave dedicated to the Niners, whatever. And then some of you, yes, some of you are on Pornhub typing like 49ers cheerleader porn but that's not everyone and we don't sit there and judge you for it same thing with like people who play fucking overwatch some people play it some people like the art some people like cosplaying it and then some people like watching animated porn of the characters fucking but that's not everyone yeah that's what the furry community is as well absolutely imagine anything that you're interested at all and then now imagine the constant uphill battle of people asking you about the sexy part of it all the time and then you having to bear that cross of being like that's not what it is like why are we not finding out about these communities that are doing nothing wrong why are we putting this just like weird stereotype i going to furcon made me a better person man yeah straight up now when people are like are you a fucking furry now i'm like you know what we should all be a little furry in here yeah (laughs) it's true it's like, yeah, I'm a furry. Be- Am I a furry because I what think that there should be a space for people who maybe want to hide from the real world for a while or people who just enjoy animals or people who just want to fucking be creative? Yeah, then yeah. I guess I am. And if you're not, then congratulations. You're a Republican. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. True, though. That is true. So, that is true. 
Um, I guess this is the part where we do our interview with uh, Alex. Yeah, what a weird way to um, segue into this. But um, here is our interview with Alex. Okay, so we have Alex here, who is a member of the furry community and is graciously giving us an interview. Yes, thank Um, you so much. We no problem. Absolutely appreciate it. We're so sorry we couldn't meet up with you at the con. We got pulled into so many different events that we didn't know we would absolutely enjoy. There was a, what was that band, Noelle? Do you remember the name of them? It was like Foxes and Foxes and something. Foxes and Peppers. Yes. (laughs) You know, do you know them? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Like not personally, but like. I've been listening to their music since I was like 13. So, okay. This is a great segue into honest. So conversation because, um, Chelsea and I had no idea that there was a whole entire genre of furry music and like lyrics related to being a furry and that Mm -hmm. this is a whole ass furry band. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, Oh, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I did not know, like, I absolutely loved it. I was having such a good time. I was telling Noelle, I'm like, I'm going to get their vinyl, but I forgot. Um, but they're good. They're actually, they like, are. absolutely talented. Like, I, I don't want to sound, like, super ignorant. I just didn't know that that's what the community had to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I didn't know how, pardon my French, fucking deep this shit went. Like. Yeah. There, I the closest thing that I would say we could relate like the furry community to would be the cosplay community, and mm-hmm. oh boy, is that not even fucking close? We don't have fucking cosplay bands singing about cosplay, like it's a whole other lifestyle, I guess. And I don't know, I guess, could you tell us more about like how you found it, how you got into it, maybe how like your friends and family reacted to it, and then what it's like done for you overall? Yeah, so. Ever since I was, like, a little kid, I just loved animals. I collected Littlest Pet Shops. Like, I played Animal Jam. There's, like, these warrior cat books, like, about these, like, cats that live in clans and, like, these little societies. And I read the, I just read those books like nothing else. I'd make, like, comics out of them, and I was just always designing characters and stuff that were animals. And then I was on DeviantArt in, like, the 2010s, looking at, like, werewolf artwork, and that eventually led me to seeing, like, fursuits and furry artwork, and I was like, oh, this is, like, really cool. And, like, there is an extremely large amount of queer people in the community, so, like, from the get-go, it was, like, very inclusive, especially since, like, I'm trans, so being able to, like go to a community where you can be whoever you want and no one cares is just like really freeing as a trans person you know like I can be a seven foot tall werewolf man with big muscles and no one cares you know like (laughs) I love that yeah (laughs) um and like my character has just been a way for me to like project on attributes that like I wanted to experiment with you know like it costs money to go get a piercing or change your hair, but like you can just add that to your persona with just like a flick of your wrist, you know? Um, And like my character had like spiky hair before I did. He had a helix piercing before I did. Um, I'd like to be more muscular. I'm working on that one, but um, (laughs) 
Boy, yeah. same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the downside of being muscular is you have to work out, and I a bitch can't be bothered personally, yeah. so <laughs> no thank you. Um, I'll just make sure I'm drinking vodka to cut calories. Am I right? Um, <laughs> but that's actually really interesting because we noticed the inclusivity while we were there too. Just even the amount of like LGBTQIA plus artwork. Um, like I would look at pins that would have like the, like, you know, transgendered flag colors on there. And they were just so seamlessly included into everything. And I, you don't see that at Fanex. You just simply yeah. don't. You uh, don't see that at any convention. The type of representation you see at other conventions and peace and love other communities is so like hand over fist. It gives very much corporate pride energy. Um, yeah. And it's it did seem so effortless at um, the furry convention and natural and not forced, but you just felt it the moment you walked mm-hmm. in. Because the moment Chelsea and I walked in, um, we've been to different conventions in different genres. I mean, I've gone to everything from, you know, like comic book conventions to like the adult video entertainment awards. Like I've seen it all mm-hmm. and nothing has felt more for the community, for the fans, for the participants than like the furry convention, which was like, I don't want to say shocking in an insulting way, but even the fact that the convention we went to in itself is a nonprofit and all of it is donated just screams to what the community stands for in itself. So that was like really cool to see. Oh, well, yeah. even for back, like lack of a better term, like co- other comic cons, um, we don't have to name them, but they sometimes turn into a pissing contest of like, who knows the most, or are you a bigger nerd than I am? Or, but even at the furry convention, some people would just have like their, fursuit head on or just gloves and then some people would be absolutely decked out from head to toe and it didn't seem to matter whereas if you do a cosplay and you don't have it down to the thread you are judged um like it just seems like super open you can just Mm -hmm. you literally just come as you are yeah i guess to ask you more questions about the the community and your experience with it so first of all i wanted to say what you're talking about going on deviant aren't looking up like art and images that is the most like we are the generation of online mm-hmm. like that is the most online sentence i've ever heard in my life <laughs> i it's taken over like the chelsea and i would talk about maybe how we were on aol chat rooms like saying yeah. that you were on deviant art in 2010 is like taking past that you, you have <laughs> now officially taken the torch of the most internet generation but um so i guess my question would be how does this weave in and out or fully with your like day-to-day like how did you meet people online through communities and then like meet up like how does it all kind of mesh together with your day-to-day uh so i know it's like very different for each person for me like i had a couple buddies like in high school who were kind of into some similar stuff and eventually like furries as well and so mine's actually been very much like in person. I look at a lot of artwork online, but I'm, I don't have like a lot of online friends. For me, it's like I draw furry art constantly and then all comes into fruition like that year at the furry convention when I could finally like see other people and share that artwork too, um, which has sucked like the past couple of years because I we hadn't been able to do that. And it just kept being like, oh, maybe next year I'll get to go back. And then it just kept going. Mm-hmm. Um but like, I would just say that like, I just have a, a big love for animals, which 
persists every day. You know, like I love my dog, right? Like I have a, a big blanket with wolves on my bed. Like I just, that's probably the most extreme it gets when it comes to day-to-day stuff. But I wouldn't say I'm like in the community 24 seven. It's just like, oh yeah, I open Instagram and there's a a furry lady on my Instagram. I don't know. Like it's just very, very casual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, But I mean, even going there, I felt like I was making fast friends with people. There was mm-hmm. one song where they just played like, Katy Perry's firework, but instead of any lyrics, it was just like a paper bag over and over yeah. again. And we were clutching our pearls with the people next to us, just Plastic absolutely bag, up. But okay, Chelsea. What I say, paper bag? Yes. I don't know. I have the I mean, memory that's of the a environmentally friendly version, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm trying to same. recycle here. Um, but what what draws you into like the type of character that you want to be? Because when we were checking mm-hmm. in, they asked us what. Uh, was it our species we were? And we just picked wolf, even though I, after that, I was like, I wanted to be a bison or a rat. But mm-hmm. I noticed like a lot of trends and themes, like lots of foxes, lots of dragons, and then like mm-hmm. maybe a horse, an owl, a goat. Like what, what makes you choose the type of character that you're going to have? Well, uh, fursona is the correct, right? Right. Yeah. I think like for most people, it's their favorite animal. And for a lot of people, like the animal that you would interact with the most would be a dog because like there are a lot of dogs, right? Mm -hmm. So people will have, I think there are more people with a personal connection with canines than probably any other animal, which is why you see like lots of wolves and foxes and dogs. Um, I'm definitely that basic furry that's just a wolf you know Mm -hmm. um that's the coolest one though so don't i'm so into (laughs) that yeah don't hate that was the best house in game of thrones anyway was house right so we all know it (laughs) even though it ended terribly we know the peak of that and it was always (laughs) with ghost so the legacy yeah um yeah and in my case i like like a werewolf right kind of like Mm -hmm. very transformative very much playing with like trans themes with that you know oh i Um, see what you did there (laughs) (laughs) getting creative um yeah so like my character has top surgery scars and stuff and i don't know that's that's kind of part of how i picked him too like when i was 16 i really wanted to be original so i picked like a a different species and tried to be Mm -hmm. a different character but it just wasn't me right so i just went back to like very basic brown werewolf and that just stuck um and i think it what really comes through is the personality of the character more than anything else i just imagine him like scaring locals that wander into the woods also (laughs) just like doesn't take himself too seriously either Mm -hmm. you know like just very like a a mix of both scary and silly at the same time um and I, i i have the most fun with that my friend loves more like dragons and their character had like a skull face and kind of a more darker aesthetic in some ways Mm -hmm. um and then my other friend also just very basic just a fox you know like it's just whatever like you know that you've picked the right animal like when you look down and you see your badge and you just smile a little bit you know so um that is actually like really interesting that you would pick a werewolf because it tends to mimic what society might think of transgender people where if they don't know them like the republican right you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. that they might seem scary but then you come up and it's like oh i love puppies and i wanted Mm -hmm. a wolf and then like looking back from it you're like oh werewolves are scary so 
has this been like a way to, you know, help you on your journey of, you know, living your true self of just, you know, being able to really express yourself to the max? Yeah, I think so. I think that like a lot of narratives with werewolves have very much resonated with me. Like there's very much a like, oh, you have to keep it to yourself. Like if other people find out it's going to be bad or Mm -hmm. like themes of like your body changing in ways that you can't control. Right. And that being like kind of body horror. Like I was very strongly into that, like when I was 13 and going through puberty, because it was like, it was hell, you know, like just having your body like feel like it's betraying you all the time. And that's very much like a werewolf kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. your oh, body yeah. just changing and feeling grossed out by it all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But with werewolves, it's at least with the way I was able to like vent that out, it's more of an empowering thing. Cause you become like tall and muscular and hairy and they're like, have a very masculine connotation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, uh, that that was, it was both kind of like a way for me to vent, but also a way for me to feel empowered at the same time. Um, and so I would just draw werewolves all the time. Um, and sometimes it's just a little bit like I was able to pretend through art and writing about being my persona. And then in some ways I kind of eventually became him, like mm-hmm. the person I knew I needed to be, you know? That's so fucking beautiful. And like oh, yeah, that actually gave me chills. <laughs> I yeah, I it makes so it makes so much sense though. All it it listening to that and how you like came up with your persona and how you kind of like weaved in and out with your character to find and be comfortable with who you were and yourself through that is it's just like any classic story like the classic stories of the werewolf mm-hmm. right not like new age horror but like the classic of like true body horror and then ending in empowerment and not mm-hmm. not just acceptance but like this enrichment of life um so i love that that is the coolest thing in the entire world i everyone else should be embarrassed that their persona characters did have <laughs> such a creative and beautiful original and personal story i mean maybe they do but i don't think they beat yours <laughs> thank <Yeah>. you <laughs> Um, what are some of the misconceptions then that you've kind of experienced in the community? Cause we absolutely had misconceptions going in. Um, specifically, we didn't expect to have as much fun as we did. Like we authentically mm-hmm. wanted to be there. Whereas at first we were like, what are we going to do while we're there? You know? Yeah. I, I definitely walked in with the, um, Chelsea likes to use the word salacious mm-hmm. when talking about how we've thought of, or at least knew of the furry community. But I, I'll be the first to admit that I think we had a very like Republican parent finds your deviant art page online, like view of it. We're like, we just, this just has to do with sex, right? Like this is just mm-hmm. about like sex. Right. And then we like walked in and there were families and children and we were like, we were fucking wrong now, huh? Mm-hmm. So yeah, please enlighten us more. Yeah. So that's the big one, right? Is everyone thinks it's all about sex and it isn't to say that there isn't a sexual undercurrent to the community at all. Like it's kind of like with anime where, yeah, there's like a lot of hentai, but at the same time, not everyone who likes anime, like only is into hentai or even is into hentai at all. Cause there are a lot of kids that just like anime too. Mm-hmm. It's very similar in the furry community. And almost especially so in the sense that, like I said, there's a big queer component and a lot of people who find the community in order to like be able to express themselves gender or sexuality wise. And of course, a part of that is going to be sex, but 
like that isn't what the community is about necessarily. It's just an aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And conventions in general are very clean, like squeaky clean PG, like you'll get in trouble if you have a leash. Like that was a part of the rules is you can have a collar, but it cannot be attached to a leash just because they don't even want to like tow the idea of it being kinky, right? Mm-hmm. Very PG space. So like there is an undercurrent of that for sure, especially since it's a very sex positive, like sec- like inclusive community, but it's not, it's like not the point necessarily. Yeah. That's actually a really good way to put it is like sex positive because that immediately becomes taboo, right? Like mm-hmm. any person who's okay with their sexuality is immediately like slut shamed or shamed into anything. So, mm-hmm. and I'm glad you brought up the anime thing. Cause it's like, I want to play Pokemon all day, but I'm not looking up Pokemon porn and I would be kind of offended that people would think that. So mm-hmm. does it come off as offensive or are you just so used to it at this point? Like, it's kind of a hard thing for me because, like, there's people, like, who don't, who aren't into the furry community who are like, this is about sex. This is straight up bestiality. This is horrible. And then there's people also in the furry community who fight back too hard, in my opinion, where they're like, oh, the people who do that are disgusting. Like, that mm-hmm. that's gross. Like, that's not what the, and it's like, no, like, if people are into, like, I don't know, a sexy furry lady in a bikini. I don't care. That doesn't hurt anyone. Like that isn't what the community is about, but that isn't also like harmful either. Like you can kind of have both, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, they, how many sexy nun costumes can you buy at spirit Halloween? And then just look at what the Catholic church has done. Whereas you go to like any furry convention and it was, I would have brought anyone there. I was even yeah. telling my boyfriend, I'm like, I want you to come next year and at least look at the artwork because it was so much fun. Um, mm-hmm. And it is just kind of a shame that w- a, such a open community is like, it seems like it's the most taboo community because the rumors surrounding it are the most yeah. intense and sexy. Uh, are th- are there really changes for where people are aware of the problem and they try to change it? Or is it kind of just like, we're already misunderstood anyway. So who cares? Uh, For the most part, people just like, it's like a broken record where everybody's like, yes, there's some like porn like that exists, but it's also not the point. Uh, Mm. And it's, it's something I had to repeat a lot in high school. Like I would wear a shirt with a werewolf on it and someone would be like, ah, furry, like, gross like you want to have sex with a dog it's like no no i don't this is just a werewolf on a (laughs) t-shirt you know um yeah yeah i loved the the anime analogy because after i came back from the furry con i was hanging out with some friends and they were asking me about it and i was like that's the analogy that i used i was like Mm -hmm. the furry community is like a spectrum and i think the spectrum that most people would be familiar with as far as like countercultures go would be like the anime community because Mm -hmm. you have people who you would consider like normans who just like maybe one piece or something and it's like very Mm -hmm. topical um and then you have everything in between from like writing manga to dressing up as characters, cosplaying as characters, um, even like doing like role plays as characters. And then of course, down the spectrum more, you have not just things like hentai, but full blown, like just anime porn. And (laughs) what's crazy to me is like, as someone who, you know, is a little um, like closer to the anime community, in some of those, you get like 
the the gray areas of like this character is represented as a child or a teenager in the mm-hmm. show and now they're being put into like these adult situations and adult art adult fantasies and even you know like adult we get films whatever <laughs> and yet like they don't receive even half as much fucking heat as the furry community who maybe less than half of the people participate in the adult version of the counterculture. And even then it's still, you know, two consenting people, adults, you know, what it's just, it's wild to me to watch that happen. And we went to the, um, the like furry sexuality and mental health panel that they had. And I would totally be butchering it if I tried to paraphrase it, but this um, the presenter is a sex therapist and he, he mentioned a quote from Pocahontas about like the um, people fear what they don't understand. And I, and I guess that was like the point, the aha moment I had, even when I was talking to my friends about it, I was like, I think you could say the same thing, right? Back when like we went to high school, anime kids were, like fucking shit on you know what i mean and like they sat in their own section of the quad and ate lunch by themselves and they were the weirdos and you know there's a girl who hangs out with them and meows and like that's just them you know what i mean and they were like they were considered weird but now it's like anime becomes more accepted like across the board and more like integrated in with like i would say like a normie culture that taboo is almost completely erased like now you have like famous rappers and actors mentioning anime quoting anime referencing it in songs movies lyrics whatever and so the, i do have weird hope that maybe the furry community will find itself in that same area and aspect where it naturally kind of becomes woven into normal coach culture so it's not as taboo um at least that's my personal hope too because it is such like a accepting positive loving open community um so I, that's my hope for sure Yeah. Um, I mean, from what I saw, there's like nothing. I'm surprised that it isn't like more prevalent, especially as people be, you know, kind of get their finger more on the pulse of social issues. It seemed like the furry community was really at the forefront of pushing that stuff through. Cause me and Noel were talking and we're like, if we taught this type of like sex education and mental health to people, like we wouldn't have these cisgendered white people shooting everybody up. You know what I mean? Because they would understand consent. And Mm -hmm. that was like one of the main things. Um, So it just genuinely seems like being part of the furry community makes you a better person, which is probably painting it with broad strokes. But have you noticed, like, are there any like problems in the community that you wish you could change? Or is it like basically perfect? We have no critiques. So (laughs) Uh, I would say like the community is so large, which like, I don't think people actually, like, realize how big it is. Like, the most popular convention at one point had 10,000 people, I think. I think it was um, Midwest Fur Fest. And that's just, like, people going in person to one convention. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to, like, say, like, a critique when there's, it's, like, so vast. And, like, yeah. I only see, like, a narrow part of it, you know? Um, there There is kind of a weird subculture within the community that's pretty small that is actually alt-right which is weird uh what the fuck not even what What are they called what are they called so uh like a decade ago i think they were called the burned furs um like you can look this up uh they had like red armbands like straight up like 
Like Nazis? Again, like they're a pretty <gasps> small amount of the community, but like they they didn't like how queer the community was and how like progressive, I guess. Um, and like like the furry community has always prided itself about like accepting anyone for any yeah, reason, right? Absolutely. And that pulls in a lot of queer people, but there is that small amount of alt-right, like incel weirdos. Um oh, I didn't really gosh. see anybody like that at the convention. Oh, we I've didn't either. To, but um again, like I said, it's pretty small, but there is that undercurrent that um that's part of why I actually stopped using Twitter because people kept trying to find the secret Nazis. <laughs> And it was not. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, wow. we didn't. We didn't even get a hint of that. I had no idea. I just looked it up, and they call themselves the Third Reich. Shut yep. the fuck up. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess you know they'll be anywhere there is something. Yeah. It's just wild to me that they would even be in the furry community. But I guess the tie, the easy tie to see would be like, you know, an incel. Like, mm-hmm. of course, that hate manifests itself some way. So, wow. Didn't expect that one. Did not. You gooped us on that yeah, one. Yeah, you got us <laughs> on that. Yeah, um, it, it's kind of wild. Um, that, like, I look forward to dragging them mercilessly when we do more research for this episode. Oh, so. please, please do. I oh, we will. <laughs> so, I can't believe that. I'm so glad I wrote some of these questions down because my mind went so completely blank because all I want to do is just find these, like, I want to get him. Noel, do you want to go do you want to go get him? I know. I'm I'm literally I just see this whatever happened to the Nazi furries of the Trump era. <gasps> wow. Um okay. Well, I will have to look into that in a second. But yeah. while we still have you because we know you have to bounce soon. Um Chelsea, were there any other questions you wanted to hit on? You know, not really. I did have like some really generic questions like the fursuits tend to be more cartoonish looking and less like realistic. Is that just kind of a trend or do you see changes in popular types of fursuiting? So I would say definitely the Toonie fursuits are more popular, mainly because I think they're more expressive, more colorful, but they're also a lot easier to make. Uh, I've dabbled in fursuit making before and it is very hard (laughs) and it takes a lot of skill. Um, and the realistic ones especially take a lot of skill, um, just to get all the anatomical details, right. Uh, they're typically made out of a resin base as opposed to a foam base, which I think is less accessible. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're just harder to make in general. And I also think that there's like an appeal to the, um, more expressive ones. I love the realistic ones too. Like, especially I have a big amount of respect for, what goes into making them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in trends, like there will be different species that will have a little spike in popularity. And they're usually original species that a furry like completely makes on their own. So one uh, example is a circle, which it look, you should look it up. They're kind of like fluffy shark dogs and they were really popular for a time. And there are still a lot of people with circle fursonas. Um, then there's, uh, let's see, a manikit, which is kind of similar uh, in a sense of like a dog shark. Um, oh, these are like very fucking mythical. They yeah. look very like mythical fantasy. Like, that is cool. Um, there's is a so cool. Dutch angel dragon, um, which is like a fluffy, 
horse dra- dragon animal. Um, that oh, one- I, we saw a few of these there. These were for I saw a few of these Dutch Angel dragons at the furcon we were just at. Oh yeah, and like I say that they were popular, they still are, but they will get like a surge, like a uh-huh. ton of people will will want them for a time. Um, I again, I'm not like super. I don't have like my finger to the pulse on like the trends, but like it's it's usually kind of around a species. Um, mm-hmm. And fursuit technology is evolving all the time. Uh, I'm sure you saw Protogens. They're the ones with like the black screen face with the yeah the light up They're and like stuff. Three hundred dollars just for the base of it without any fur or anything. Yeah. There were people there with like the casts of them. Or this like, are you talking about the one that looks like a robot face? It had yeah. like, and they could yeah. change their expressions. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how else to explain that, but yeah, that yeah. was cool. Is that like a new trend? Uh, I would say that one's been a w- around for a little while for, for sure. Not like forever, but that one, what's funny is like, th- this usually comes from just one person in the community just being like, oh, hey, this is my character. And then like hundreds of people are suddenly like, whoa, that's cool. I'm going to make mm-hmm. one. And then everyone runs out and makes one. And then the person who made it's like, what? I was not expecting hundreds of people to suddenly make fursuits out of this design. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like it, it, it's not even an intentional thing, um, which I kind of love. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's way cool. It the biggest thing when I would ask people like what got them into the community it was always art. So it's it's not too surprising that like someone could be super creative and it gets popular. It's like almost like a meme within the community. Like people just latch onto it and no one knows how it formed, but it just grows and gets more and more amazing as people add their own twists to it. Mm-hmm. So. I'm still gooped about the Nazi furries. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not still, gonna lie. I'm still, I'm ruminating on that one for sure. Um, I guess before we get out of here, um, Alex, do you have any like last thoughts, anything you want people to know about the community? Or if you could just say, you know, I guess what, what would be your last piece about it that you want everyone to know? Um, I would just say that like, Honestly, it's a thing like anyone can enjoy, even if you're not super into animals or the furry community, like kind of like you guys are saying, if you just go to the convention, it's a blast regardless. Like Mm -hmm. it's just one of the most inviting, like just chill spaces ever. I took my 10 year old brother to the convention on Saturday and Sunday. And he was just like, that is the, one of the most fun places I have ever been. Like he just had so much fun. Um, And I would just say that like, I I just really wish people understood like how personal it is to a lot of people, like before people go out and criticize it for being like a weird sex thing or something like how personal a lot of these characters and things are to people. Um, Yeah. So I am going to go on record for this so that it could be eventually used in court one day against me. If anyone hurts Alex and comes up dead, I did it. I did it and I'm proud of it. That is true. And I'll never be sorry. If I will anyone never be sorry. Even disturbs a hair on his head, I will hunt them for the I, rest of my life. I like went downstairs and I was confrontational with my partner. I was like, I'm gonna pro- fucking protect this person. And he's like, You're hurting my arm. And I'm like, everyone has to know <laughs> that if you fuck with Alex. I am coming down on you like the fist of an angry God, because how dare you? I'm getting mad. I think my Fitbit. Yeah, I know. Did you just spike in your your heart rate? I did. I think my heart rate went up to 118. 
<laughs> so bad. You don't. So that's it. Like, like there is a danger in putting this episode out where if uh, – and, you know, I don't actually – I have, like, higher hopes. I don't think there's going to be anyone saying mean comments because I hope people are as surprised as we are. But if you do want to mm-hmm. say anything mean to Alex, you have to also sign um, an agreement to give me your address so I can come for that's you. That's just straight up. And Noelle, straight up. text it straight to up. us. Um, just straight up. Just send it to our Instagram. Pin drop, baby. <laughs> yeah. Pin drop. I'll even send you an Uber to come to us, whatever's easier, honestly, whatever's <laughs> fucking easier. I'll put your plane ticket on my credit card, my guy. You want to see Utah Straight while up. you're at it? Perfect. But we're <laughs> scrapping. We're scrapping at <laughs> Temple Square, motherfucker. I will get your ass. And you know what? I might get my ass kicked, but I'm putting razor blades in my hair, and you're going to get fucked up in the process. So I will go down on this ship. Um, absolutely a delightful individual who mm-hmm. taught us so much about how in their journey as a um, transgendered individual – how they incorporated that by being a werewolf, also a transformative um, mm-hmm. representation in, yeah. you know, lore. And then including the part that we're uncomfortable with when they said that they had like the top surgery scars on their fursuit. I love that. I put that in the Louvre, right? I'm sick of yeah. Mona Lisa. I'm sick yeah. of her no eyebrow having ass. Give me real meaningful art. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's, so. this is the first part where we really took a step back and we're like, we said we would be wolves, which is fine. But then we were like, what would we be, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we both picked aspects that we want to highlight. You said you wanted to be like a cute fox and Mm -hmm. that you wanted to be something sweet and soft. And I wanted to be a rat, not for like trashy reasons, but yes, because of trash, but because like that was a term of endearment growing up for me, for my (laughs) sisters, believe it or not. And I was like, I would love to have a place where that's okay. Um, So, you know, kudos and shout out to Alex who – penciled us in we're so grateful yeah Uh, literally penciled us in and not just us but also gave everyone listening this just once in a lifetime glimpse into um the beauty and growth of an individual's journey and their like creative expression Mm -hmm. um and i i think we like we we got really lucky with um, being able to be a part of that and experience that. And as all of you as well. The privilege. That was an absolute privilege. And there, it's so sad that we see people who live their whole lives, you know, feeling like they're in the wrong body. And then now we're creating a culture where people are empowered to do that in their youth. And mm-hmm. that is so fucking important. Like, look at the toxic masculinity with violence and bigotry and like even our own government right now and um we got to keep this shit safe just yeah period point blank um, yeah oh yeah the best touched the best and also alex did give us a gift the gift of the knowledge of furry nazis <laughs> sure did the sure did Reich. I had no fucking idea. Yeah. This is the real wolf in sheep's clothing are the Nazis who are trying to taint this beautiful thing. It's like the cell with J-Lo and the the killer is coming in and tainting our beautiful, oh my God. perfect Honestly, world. also, what a fucking fantastic movie. Yeah. Everyone should go rewatch yeah. the cell. It's up there Absolutely with, incredible. Yeah. The cell, Blade, Constantine. That is literally period, period. Cut it. That's it right there. Straight up. That's the true it. trifecta. Um... um big fan of that but anyway (laughs) going back uh, we i will say we chewed on 
the bit of Nazi furries after our conversation with Alex. And I really think we got to like figure it out with our conversation with soul, because as they both mentioned, like, yeah, it's a thing and they're very, it's a minority and everyone fucking hits them and you shouldn't give them any attention and you should pay them no mind. Um, they're a little a shit stain on our fucking community. Just like any community has fucking ass lords. Um, they're there as well. There's an aspect but, of puritanical cosplay community that says you can't gender bend cosplays or if you're a person of color, you can't cosplay as like white characters. And it's like, we shut that shit down so hard. Yeah. Um, so I will say that I do want to um, call out furry Nazis, and I do want to engage in the um, theater of public forum fighting. But I guess that's where I will unleash people to be an asshole. Yeah. Go yeah, after yeah. the furry Nazis, because we have to eliminate them Yeah. from that's, this precious place. Yeah, that's, that's the tea of it. But... Um, um, even with our our interview with Soul, we got to kind of like talk. I, I came to a realization about um, the Nazi furries and also the furry community in general, and that it like its origins are the internet, and and it just like an internet fucking tulpa, it'll have those dark yeah. aspects to it a hundred percent. And I was also really thankful for this interview with Soul because we got to have finally the candid conversation about not just terminology, but also what is the deal with furry sex? Because we know it is happening. It's yeah. not the main bread and butter and steak on the plate, but it's something. It's a little pea that got stuck on the side of the plate and we wanted to investigate it. And while they don't partake in what we now know as yiffing, um, they were more than willing to have a conversation about all of it with us. Hello, I am Noelle. I am here with Chelsea and we are here with our friend Soul. And we are here to talk to you and him and us and everyone listening about the the nitty-gritty of furry fandom or fursonas or anything to do with the not pg conversations we've had about it we, we're here to talk about the real shit the getting into the peanut butter jelly time of it all so please enlighten us all right so terminology let's go are you aware of what yif is um, no. Is no. that what you said to us online? I, yes. I want to, um, Chelsea, will you read that tweet? Yeah, this is, well, I don't want to, yeah, I'll read it. Uh, yeah. Honestly, this was the best tweet I've seen in my life. Like, I was actually, like, actually sent when I read it. It was, you ready to yiff in hell? And I was like, oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I actually that... screenshotted it and I sent it to Noelle. <laughs> I said I need to print it and frame it. <laughs> Yes, that is, uh, it's a term for just sex or uh, sexual imagery, like drawing yif, so drawing furry pornography. Oh, okay, so when people say furry porn, that just automatically lets everyone know that they're not actually in the community because it's called like yiffing or yif porn, maybe? Yeah, just yif. Yif? Yeah, just yif. I bought a sticker for Noelle that she hasn't taken home yet. And it's like a girl with antlers and it says, I'll never yiff him again. 
And I was like, that means like bark. <laughs> ah. I was like, look at this girl. I got it like when you were going through your breakup. And I'm like, girl power. Yes, it's been like on that table in my living room since like last year. That is, um, that has so many layers of meaning now. That's incredible. Yeah, it's it it means multiple things. It means doing it or having art done of it. <laughs> okay. It's the rule I, 34 in it is both the rule 34. action. Yeah, it's like it's like hentai for anime porn. Yeah, yeah. That's a parallel that we kept drawing was that like the furry community is kind of like the anime community and that there's like a spectrum of how people like are into it and they either like you know, like it, participate in it, dress in it, or fully divulge, like, sexually into it. Yeah. Okay, so we have Yif. Yifing? It can be called Yifing. Like, okay. to Yif. How do you conjugate it? Like, Yif. 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 yif yifing. Okay. <gasps> okay. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. I don't and think anybody says we yaffed. <laughs> no, no, bitch. It doesn't it doesn't conjugate like that okay so does like and you're saying that like yif can be both the act and also just like art like art yeah is there would you can okay how can i say this is there a different word for furries who like also participate sexually or is everyone just a furry I think everyone's just a furry. The whole merch suiting, soft suiting stuff, that's whenever you have uh, a suit or something with a hole or you just do it with the head on or however. And some people like that, but that's an easy way to have a heat stroke. <laughs> that is so valid. So when we learned about merch suiting, we thought, and maybe this was just me, like maybe taking imagery I had of like BDSM and like any type of kink related sex wear i was like it's got to be like leather or latex a suit right and then we were like no it's literally just a suit but with like genital holes for yeah that's that's pretty much it and it's Uh, something they don't mind getting dirty that they can wash yeah so that's exactly what it was when we found out about it Uh, if you're dropping that kind of cash on a suit you don't want to get it dirty so majority don't do that yeah that was the that was my next question was like we so you could ballpark that the average like fursuit is maybe a few thousand dollars we'll say like maybe three to five and so the average furry who also is into yiffing doesn't want to get jizz or sex fluids on said suit, which is very fucking reasonable. And so then they would have a mer suit, but a mer suit isn't necessarily the same quality as the as their regular suit. But they look uh, so similar online. That's what was. It convenient. could be an old suit that they've had for a long time, and they're like, they bought a new one, so they're like, I'm going to use this old one that I have that's wearing out, and so. That could be something they use it for. Uh, I don't know the semantics because I personally don't do it. Okay. How do you know about it then? Is it just kind of like an open... Is it 
is it kind of like i don't know do people share or talk about their yiffing experiences openly or is it kind of like a closed behind closed doors type of thing uh some people do it like for business they have only fans or like stuff where they promote their stuff on there oh. uh, that's where you can kind of see it and sometimes it just happens at cons and people record stuff and it gets online that's i've, I've learned a lot about it just from being online that's so being valid. in those spaces <laughs> so something that we actually found out was how family friendly the event was and apparently people weren't even allowed to like like you could wear a collar so noel and i bought collars um for the love of the game of course and but like if we would have attached a leash to the collars we would have been allowed in is that like something that the furry community has been struggling with is basically misunderstanding and their pr uh, you know what I mean? only when people are acting like weirdos like I feel like if you have a good sense of judgment being out in public, because like furries for everyone, if it's a family friendly event, don't bring weird stuff to uh, stuff you're doing with everyone. Like take it to 18 plus panels, 18 plus locations where it's not, uh, not going to be around kids. You know, it's like you're trying to maintain that safe environment. Yeah. I guess we also have like a skewed perspective because we went to a furry convention in Utah and we were even speaking with like mutual friends um, because they are vendors and they're traveling and they're like, we've been to a furry convention. I think he said in Reno um, where it goes to 18 and over at a certain time. Um, And that's where you'll see more of like the adult content and adult actions. Um, So I guess we could also potentially have like a skewed view about that. But I think Chelsea's question about PR is like, do you think that the furry community is trying to like maybe shut that shit down just so they could publicly be perceived as like not as, because the thing that we've learned is we essentially came into our furry knowledge that it's like, just essentially a kink right that it's just essentially like a kink and what we learned through like talking to people and even attending this convention was like that's not it for a lot of people that it's just a fandom um and you have a spectrum of people where they fall on that whether it's just the very light into it to you know this version it's very much a fandom community culture type thing it's like it started out as an internet subculture with message boards people falling in love with like these animated character cartoons and it's just something that implants in them as like kids and they're like i want to emulate this i like drawing making these characters that's why we have so many like creative people in the furry fandom making art and stuff because mm-hmm. it's it it's something that connects them uh to their youth it's also just a form of a, of escapism just being an animal i guess that that was honestly the theme that we saw because we were very much interested in like how did you get into this like what what weird like 4chan thread did you stumble upon and it was never anything that crazy like i feel like the biggest answer was people were either saying oh i love animals or i saw it on deviant art and i'm like Mm -hmm. oh my god like like their warrior cat OCs. Yeah, or yeah. even 
yeah, we got um, a documentary recommended to us that's just free on YouTube. And even watching it, a lot of the people were saying, um, like, Neopets. And they yeah. would go into forums. And it was just like, I don't know, maybe um, maybe the internet for millennials was a gateway into being a furry. Because all of this stuff that got them into the community was stuff that all of us interacted with at one point or another. And it just depends on where people went with that. You know what I mean? Like I saw anime and then in my pursuit of like anime or like Saturday morning cartoons, I got into comic books and now comic books and like being a a nerd are socially acceptable. Like it's kind of cool now. So I guess pivoting a little bit, are you seeing more social acceptance with the furry community or are you, are you guys still pretty ostracized? I'm, I'm seeing more. I think a lot of people kind of do it. They're kind of, I know in Pittsburgh where there's like the biggest, I think it's the biggest furry convention, Anthrocon, they have like a whole, they get welcome there because they do a lot for the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really haven't seen much hate on it. I mean, there are, like, people that will hate on it furiously, and it's, like, it's usually, like, catty corner with wanting to be homophobic, but they're, like, I can't be outright homophobic because that'll make me look bad, so I'll just attack this subgroup of people that are housing a lot of people. I did not even think about that. That makes so much sense, though. That was kind of a conversation we had um, the other day with um, Alex, our our other furry friend, um, (laughs) was like the community sees the same type of like hate that any other um, open and accepting community would receive, like just because they have such like an open door welcoming policy um, for people who, you know, are you know, gender fluid, non-binary, just a part of the LGBTQIA, you know, community. They, it's just, no one even, that's the least, like, individualistic thing about you. Like, no one cares in the furry community that what you identify as or identify with, it's the least important thing. So, of course, it's going to, like, naturally be this um, kind of, like, I don't know, open area welcoming for everyone. So, it does kind of put a target on your back for that. I, that makes perfect sense. Do you know about the Nazi furries? Oh my god, I was just gonna ask. <sighs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, they're very much like uh, far right, very much incel types because they're racist and bigoted, and they. They're shunned by a lot of people. They're the ones that are like, if somebody's supposed to get furry hate, that's that's the group. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I really want to fight them on Twitter because apparently they have a Twitter presence, and uh, they're already I, a joke. I'm. S- yeah, but I also don't want to give them the opportunity to talk to a girl. Yeah. So it's that's a true. very, um, I don't know. It's like a double-edged sword, but yeah. Speaking of, like, the sexualization or a lot of, like, the hidden homophobia, I don't know, Noelle, if you experience this, but even when we said we were going to FurCon for the podcast, I received, like, weird commentary when people are like, oh, you're, it's so funny, you're going to go get a fursuit, like, that, 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 Yeah. 
when we had a good time, people would be like, oh, you're becoming a furry now. And it was so weird because what a weird, what a weird receptive thing. Like we're on here talking about how like the Hadron Collider is causing the Mandela effect, but we get more response to saying we're going to FurCon. And I wonder if uh, people even realize that they're playing into the anti, like, you know, the anti LGBTQIA community. It's because it's p- part of that whole countercultural movement, mm-hmm. uh, housing like people that are generally socially outcasted that don't fit into the like heteronormativity in society. Yeah. Well, and it was kind of a double whammy too, because what I noticed was a lot of um, I think it's like stimming for people who have autism, where they would be stimming, oh, yeah. you know, rocking back and forth. There are a lot of neurodivergent people there too. Yeah, and I. I was like, oh, that's what's going on. Um, and I would notice it a lot when they would take like their fursuit off and they would have mm-hmm. like, you know, their faces exposed. But then the second it got put back on, it seemed like they were so much more comfortable. But I wonder if that's like part of it is people who are outwardly presenting with any sort of like social behavioral deviation, they become easy targets. And is that like your experience where people will pick up like on literally any scrutiny and just be like, well, it's because you're a furry. <laughs> yeah. Or that like you're a furry or you're on the, uh, on the spectrum of some sort. And they, they mm-hmm. kind of like pick that out. Cause a lot of people deal with that. They have, this is kind of like their safe space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was the, I would say we got a lot of, interesting feedback when we said that we were going to the furry convention and i think a lot of it is not necessarily malicious but just um like lack of information or understanding right like because it would be um is this just going to be about like sex like are you guys is this like more of a kink convention that you guys are going to or like a what's the deal with furries like do they want to be animals? Do they want to fuck animals? Like you guys are weird for allowing that. It was like a lot of that was the base of the feedback we got. And us going there, obviously it was none of that. So it it was like, it's interesting that that is the, I would say like Norman's opinion of what they think like a furry convention is. Yeah. When it's it's more akin to an anime convention, really. Yeah, I would say almost identical. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like like Chelsea was mentioning, we saw we saw like so many wholesome things happening, where you know these individuals who have uh, trouble with like social situations, they put on a fursuit and immediately are just like this amplified version of themselves they're more outgoing more energetic more extroverted um just like everyone was the moment they walked in they were like best friends even as far as like physical touch there was so much hugging um and just kind of like that i don't know welcoming extrovert activities and they would uh like be dancing in front of massive audiences, singing in front of massive audiences, just like literally putting on a show. And then you would see them um, take a break from it, maybe take their like 
the the head of their fursuit off and then like kind of have that moment of like we would be seeing people like stimming or trying to like cool down but then the moment that fucker was back on their head it was like show business mm -hmm. and i was like that's fucking incredible that is so fucking incredible if there are people who struggle um but desperately want to interact in those types of social situations and like the furry community and putting on a fursuit and all that allows them to like I will put that on the highest pedestal. I will build a Mount Olympus in its honor because that's the fucking coolest shit in the entire world. And a lot of it is that like from what I've seen, a lot of people, again, it's a lot of creative people, but they're, they're usually neurodivergent. There are a lot of neurodivergent people mm -hmm. that have uh, problems just socializing, interacting. Uh, so yeah. getting into character, putting that on helps them. It's kind of like, masking but uh well i guess it is masking yeah yeah well and there's it's so interesting too because noel and i um i feel like we went into furcon with a very much like us versus them mentality where we thought that we were going to be in an observational only position, but mm -hmm. you cannot enter in a space that has that much positivity and not want to be part of it. And that doesn't, yeah. and when we started having like a lot of fun, even more scrutiny came in like, oh, are you a furry now? And it was like, I would bring anyone to this because it's like genuinely fun. And I got less weird vibes at Furcon than I have at any comic book convention. Cause I didn't feel like I was, they're under the male gaze, so to speak. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to be under the male gaze when you're covered in a carpet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but it was just so much more inviting. And now it's like we both agreed. I was like, I will fucking fight to the death to protect furries from the bullshit that they've had to go through. Um, because it was just like honestly like sad. And when even when somebody was like, oh yeah, they have like a more kinky 18 plus convention in Reno. I'm like, why do they have to go that far? That's not fair. Like, it should be like open it's, and like, it's it's shamed, right? It is shamed because yeah. it's become taboo. Yeah, but it it f fits right along with that. It's it's because of the subculture. It's because they don't fit into like the normal aspect of what everybody thinks. It's like, it's two dudes. Yeah. I yeah. I I don't know. It I I would agree with what Chelsea said. Like we had the best time and have the highest opinion in regard of the furry community. And it is like seeing just the type of feedback we got, it fucking bums me out that like that's what anyone in the community would have to face and deal with because it's it's been it's so fan the so fantastic like the vibes we got just walking into that convention like incredible immaculate it was and it was just like a place for the fandom it wasn't like corporate funko pop convention spend oh, $150 man. a lot of them are the like hard hard left-leaning very anti-capitalist i know a large subset of them are yeah. they want to keep corporations out of it i guess that's the reason why uh why they keep the a lot of the 18 plus stuff is because they're trying to like we have to make this unsellable for them <laughs> yeah yeah no it's true but like what a perfect you know, way to fight back though you know literally yeah. and i love it that it's so authentic um but 
so enough uh, virtually sucking off the dick of the furry community. You mentioned soft suiting. What is that? That's just when you're putting on the head, paws, nothing else. Just Oh, we saw that. Is that common? Oh, no, that... no, no, no. That's poodling. What? What I mean, nothing else. Nothing else. Oh, what? So soft suiting is being naked and poodling is poodling is when you're wearing you're not wearing like a full suit you're just wearing clothes and you've got like exposed skin so like okay i'm gonna describe someone you tell me what it would be okay okay so um maybe just just ears and uh paw like gloves what's that that's that's not fursuiting at all (laughs) we saw a lot of like casual like we saw a lot of like that tails that might just be like casual stuff okay that's just like probably because we were there in the middle of july and no one wanted to fucking die yeah okay so those are more like just accessories really yeah so then um Okay. okay 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 um so then what was poodling Poodling is when you're wearing your fursuit head, tail, arm paws, but you might be wearing like a t-shirt so you have your arms exposed or you're wearing shorts so your like legs are exposed. Okay. 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 We saw a little bit of that as well. The cat. Do you remember the sassy cat, Chelsea? That was my mm-hmm. favorite. With that, like the eyelids. Yeah. Yeah. That This person had like a cat and it was the cutest little cat face and it was doing like a side little tongue and like little like kind of high eyes. Um, and it just looked like the sassiest cat. Um, and it was just head, tail, feet, paws, but then regular like they were wearing a sweater and jeans. Yeah. Yeah, they had like sleeves of like the like actual fursuit. And I was wondering if that was just a comfort thing or if it was like a cash thing, if that's like the most expensive part or like people want to get their head first and then everything else yeah. just kind of flows in. Sometimes people do that, but normally you just get it all together. I guess my other question about the fursuit situation is like, well, how do people go about getting that and doing that? Are there are people there are DIYing? independent creators that uh, that do it? I know uh, I got mine. My uh, friend made mine for me. Did you get a homie hookup because of that? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I only um, had to pay for the materials. How much was oh, it? Yeah. Like, uh, it was like four hundred dollars to get just a paws, tail, and head. Oh, that's fucking oh, incredible! To, but that wasn't counting like the labor cost. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because if you were like buying one, it could be. I know somebody was selling there selling like a custom for like a thousand, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And well, that's like accounting all the sewing and stuff you got to do. That's... All the trips to Joanne's you have to make. <laughs> yeah. Is there like a pissing contest in the furry community like there is in the cosplay community where if you don't have top tier, like you're looked down upon or is the furry community not really care? Uh, not really. Not from what I've seen. There are some names that are better known than others, but 
not really i don't think anybody really cares about that then you've got yeah. i mean you have your terms like pop you fur where it's like this is a popular furry how do they get popular because we saw like we would see it in people's eyes and they'd be like oh, that's so and so and we yeah. never we we didn't understand uh just by being a really good artist you could be a really good entertainer there are like some dancers there are some people that make custom models on blender i was recently at ferality which is a virtual furry convention mm -hmm. uh and they had booze and stuff and people would like flock certain creators because they they would make custom avatars of characters to uh doing vr uh oh, wow. i know one of the most popular youtubers would be like majira strawberry and blue the dragon those are like the pop you for then you have sonic fox who's a pop you for for gaming sonic okay. fox won uh the, in the twitch awards recently yeah. um and he went up in a partial alpha suit um what about do you know i wish i fucking remembered the name <clears throat> Do you know the VR ferret? Uh, it's okay. No. I I don't know if they would be considered a furry or not, and I've been thinking about it. They're really popular on TikTok, but they are they they'll do lives on TikTok and Twitch, and they're like a, they're playing in VR, and they're like a ferret, um, and they have like a whole big following. And I was like, is that a fucking furry? Because if so, I've known about this motherfucker for a while now. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I'll have to remember his name and ask you. Um, okay. Also, we might get booted after six minutes. Yep. R.I.P. This fucking Zoom. Um, <laughs> I don't know you why. You wasted all that time. I know. Trying to figure it out. Leading um, his personal information at the top of the interview that we get to edit out, Noel. Um, it's like 30 <laughs> seconds. You can cry about it, That's Chelsea. precious minutes. Um, okay. I, I feel like... Hmm. <laughs> so to access you would I don't you wouldn't really because you're not you're not into the furry sex stuff. You just do it for the love of the game. Yeah. I was like, I feel like we have to just invest in like a furry only fans and figure this out a little bit. So that might have to be something we budget out for next month. But uh, <laughs> I'm just like, I want to see it authentically, too. I don't want to see some fake shit recreated on Pornhub. So, well, I went, yeah. okay, so when we found out what our Mersuit was, I did, I did stumble into Twitter. And um, you know when they're going into the tunnel in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and it's like, blah, 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 and all the lights are coming, and all the kids are, like, freaking out? That's what I felt like. And I was trying to send all the messages to Noelle, who was ignoring me because she was napping. It's true. Um, <laughs> I feel like we could dip our toe in the community, but I also like, do you think we would be missing the mark if we did that? Because I feel like we are dogs with a bone on the sexy furry community. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> I, I have to know if you're doing it for like, just looking into that. I mean, if it's something you want to do by all means, um, explore, explore that aspect of yourself. Well, have fun. Not to like call ourselves out too hard, <laughs> but we were just straight fucking ignorant. We were feeding the diet. We were feeling um, or like binging on all of the bullshit rumors that we ourselves have thought about the furry community. And then we come in. It would be like going to Disney World and like 
fucking pleather and pasties, you know what I mean? And we're like, yeah. this isn't what this is about. Um, Not at all. <laughs> but now it's like, I think the biggest surprise for me was honestly the Nazi furries and the fact that they call <laughs> the Fur Reich. Uh, that right. was, oh my god yeah that was honestly the biggest surprise but yeah allow it give it up to the nazis for you know ruining another wholesome thing they're um, mostly incels yeah i get, I get that because there's such a fine line between an incel and just like any other socially awkward nerd and it's the incel who thinks they have um that they are responsible for other people's autonomy yeah so. Well, I would also say that, like, the furry community is a very online community. It, I would say it was completely born out of the internet and became like a fucking tulpa of itself to the point where it manifested straight mm -hmm. off of the pages of DeviantArt into a convention center near you. And because I of that, you have very online people, which means the leftiest left of the left, who probably have like a Karl Marx fucking dildo in their bedroom side drawer, and then you also have fucking furry Nazis. It is just the yeah. most online community you can fucking get and that's the that's my bread and butter about the furry community yeah that's pretty much on the mark because you have these people that are just doing it for escapism because that's all it really is yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's which is crazy because like why is other escapism so accepted and even the the sexologist who ran that class was saying that because it is quote unquote other, we sexualize it because that's a very American thing to do. And I was like, yeah. we don't do that, but it, it's obvious we do it. Like, look at schoolgirl kinks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we yeah. all want young, sexy girl, underage girls. And it's like, no, we don't. But then you go, you can go to any fucking store for Halloween and there's a sexy schoolgirl outfit. And it's, we don't step back and see how gross that is. But then for furries, who are doing nothing wrong, sexualized 24 seven. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is an aspect like people who enjoy that, but they're all adult and they're not mm -hmm. like they're doing it with their time and their money. It's not, it's not weird. Yeah. It, it's just, um, I think what I've come to realize is that because the furry community is a so online hash tm you know what i mean just very online people and living in online culture and then they also take it offline and go to conventions and wear it in public um mm -hmm. make it like a whole fursona situation and then you have this super accepting open community that also bleeds into being sex positive which means you're going to have a community that looks at this hobby also in a kink light and they're okay with talking about it and sharing it. And of course, that's going to be the thing that everyone fucking latches on to mm -hmm. and digs yeah. their teeth into. Definitely uh. not. So let's hit us with some rapid fire furry terms and then we want to hear your origin story. Okay. Uh... Oh my god! I did. I think I hit y'all with the major ones early on. That's what are, true. What are some of the taboos in the furry community? Like, if I walked up and I started like cutting someone's like fursuit, or if you pick up someone's head when they're not wearing it, like, what's what are the do's yeah. and don'ts for a person looking to 
hang uh, out. Just don't touch people without their consent, and please don't pick up and take stuff that doesn't belong to you. Make sure the person that owns the suit's okay with it, because that stuff's expensive, and getting it damaged isn't cool. Oh, so just be like a decent human being. Yeah, yeah. just like any other um, situation. So we learned that yiff is a slang word for sex. Fursuit is the like the outfit. Fursona is like the lore behind the furry. It's the character. Okay, character. Um, mm, there's mursuits, which are for sex. And then, okay, okay. So um, now that we know not to be a horrible human and just pick up someone's fursuit and put it on your head, um, tell us about how you found the furry fandom and your um, fursona. All right. Uh, I found it through uh, the DSI playing on Flipnote Hatina, which was a little <laughs> app you could get, draw the little videos. That's oh my god yeah uh i was like 11 or 12 doing that and making my own little creation which it probably started earlier watching robin hood disney's robin hood and being like that character's cool uh-huh. i'm gonna create my own little fox character and that's yeah. what i did or like playing fox. star fox or like playing sonic the hedgehog you think these characters look cool so you want to make your own um, can I pause and say for also Chelsea DSI the DS like the like the game system? Do you know like mm-hmm. Game Boy like that? That's what he was talking yeah. about. Shoot, I watched her eyes glazed over. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So okay, I just had fucking two brain cells hit together. We see cosplayers like doing Sonic cosplays all the fucking time, and not just like sexy Sonic, but like and. What what did they call the humanoid animal? Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic sexy Sonic women. Would you classify yeah. them as a furry? Well, I mean, no, because they're not create. They're not yeah. creating their own original characters, right? That was like a big thing that we heard. There's a difference between cosplay and fursuiting because fursuiting yeah. tends to be from the mind of its own. Yeah, a lot of it comes up with, like, you're creating this thing, but the term can be subjective to, like, whatever you want to call it. It's very, like, loose. Because, like, I guess that's where my mind is, like, shifting, is, like, this gray area between, like, wearing a fursuit and wearing a cosplay of an animal or anthropomorphic character. Like, why are we... I, I guess I'm, like... I just had this moment of like, holy shit, you know, people have totally jerked off to fucking Jessica Negri looking like um, Sonic the Hedgehog. That's like furry. That's like, that is, that is, you know what I mean? Being obsessed with Sonic. Yeah. There are people (laughs) like that. (laughs) That is true. Or it's just a very intimate relationship with Sonic. It it also depends on how human it is. There's like a whole chart where it's like, that, that, are you sure? That's true as well. But I feel like... I don't know. There's some. There's just some fucking cosplays of animal figures that I'm like, that's towing the fucking line. But yeah. um, and anyway, okay. So back to you. So you were drawing art on your DS, and Making it was notes, yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it was mostly animal centric. 
yeah, it was like Sonic fan characters and just like, oh, I want to create this cool sci-fi hero. So I had like a Fox character that I would tell stories with. And some people online would make stuff their warrior cat OCs, making music videos like uh, uh, Lincoln Park playing while they have their like warrior cat walking in the background or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, people <laughs> do that with Pokemon. Yeah. Create characters based on that. Uh, and that's kind of what led me down that road. And you meet other people that like that stuff and they're just like, oh, so that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Being a furry. That's, yeah, so that, um, it's all, it's all coming together now. So that was like also part of that documentary that was recommended to us because it was this mentality and it was this shared interest, but it didn't have a community quite yet once it started. It was people who were like, I liked anime, but I don't know if I liked it for the art. I tended to lean more towards these animal characters. Like one guy even described it as like, I would do nothing but fidget when I would go to the movies. Um, But then I saw like Robin Hood with the foxes. Then I saw Bambi and it was these characters that talked and they took on these like personas that I was more identifying with as someone who didn't quite fit in with society. And this is how I could fit in Um, because I might be a lone wolf or, you know, or I might be, um, a fox of like us against them, but it was never the human characters that they identified with. Speaking of like wolf and stuff, that's why some people, I remember being a senior in high school and being excited for Zootopia when it came out. Cause I was like, Oh my goodness, Fox, mm-hmm. a Fox character there. But there's this new movie that came out, bad guys. It's got a wolf character. I see a lot of people drawing fan art of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's B stars. Oh, I was just going to say Beastars. I got into Beastars not knowing that it was like, I I still don't know if it was created as like furry content or if it's just content that the fur community latched onto. And Noelle, I think I told you, I'm like, you have to fucking read this graphic novel because it's essentially a world where predators, like apex predators, which is like prey predators are all integrated together. And it's a, it's a wolf and a, is it like a llama or a lamb? A, uh, a bunny, there's right? a bunny? there's so like bunny. Louis the deer, uh, and then there's the rabbit character. Uh, rabbit, what's yeah. her name? And it's that's so, like the love interest. Yeah, and it is so fucking good. And I wrote an article about it for Bleeding Cool, and people were like, "This is a fucking furry graphic novel." And I was like, "Why? Why does it have to be anything? It's good." And it was, um, yeah the comment like the social commentary that it had was so important because it was it was very much at like us versus them like type of racism subtle undertones or like even um like the more queer community and it was so interesting i'm like if this were translated into like fucking robert pattinson like playing the main character people would have eaten it up what it, it's so weird that like you put the animal persona over it and people immediately or like, oh, that's a fucking furry thing. And it's it's maddening, yeah. man. It's so frustrating because I feel like people are cutting themselves off from such good content. Well, Chelsea, you'll be pleased to know that not only is Beastars a graphic novel, but it is also a anime series, I believe, on Netflix. And the opening theme song is so good. So <laughs> We all know I actually don't consume anime because of yeah. that one time that I watched 
devil man cry baby and it, oh. <laughs> i was like i did jesus christ and then i remember texting noelle and i'm like if anime is so good why am i so sad and she's, i it was my that's like bad. jumping in the deep end I, there. yeah i don't know I, why i thought she could handle watching devil man cry baby as their first anime that was my bad yeah just here here here's to start you are off elfin lied yeah, or something, yeah, something very gentle. I should have started her off with my hero, honestly, because it has a Don't superhero aspect. But it has a superhero aspect, and she's into yeah. like superhero graphic novels typically. Oh. And you can find that line and get into it. I will stay yeah. with what I know, which is Pokemon. Um, I will still maintain that the best moment in cinematic history was the Metapod uh, Pokemon battle, where they're just like, Harden, Harden. Harden, 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 harden. And I'm like laughing and I have like food falling out of my yeah. mouth. And I'm like, blah, 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 like Jabba the Hutt, peak cinema. <laughs> um, but you know what? People dress up like Pokemon characters and they are not ostracized. Yeah. But that would be crazy because if I saw it, it's just so weird, like the hypocrisy and what we are willing to accept. Yeah. And I didn't even, I wasn't even aware that I was a big fucking hypocrite until i went to FurCon, and now you're explaining to me that i'm just as bad as everyone else and i'm gooped i don't know even noelle you too stop looking at me you are fucking in on this too <laughs> noelle bought the kinkiest keychain that i've ever seen in my life by the way and i am obsessed it's a it's a sexy pikachu but you flip it over and it's like her it's just her foot um from Vality studios everybody needs to check it out but i was like why are we not consuming this? Nothing. This amazing. I love nothing more than multiple kinks layering on each other. And to me, that art included Pokemon. Um, like, what was the term for furries who were into sexy stuff? Yiffers. Yiffers? Yiffer, no, uh, I'm not wrong. I don't think anybody. It's just furry. Okay. Furry. The sexy furry stuff and also foot footish stuff. I was like... Brother, that is it right there. That's a little fucking sandwich. So I had to yeah. buy it. There's no way I couldn't. <laughs> so, okay. Before we got talking about Beastars. So you were just like naturally getting into the community just based off of your interest and like what you're watching and consuming. Yeah, it's kind of through media. Yeah. Disney's to blame for a lot of this. <laughs> That's so fucking valid, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so how did you like find the communities or was it that you were like creating and or seeking out this specific art and then it just so happened to fall under the furry category? Uh, it's kind of like I was creating stuff and then I met other people that were creating stuff and they knew people and then you learn about the conventions, you learn about who's who, like... Uh, one of the oldest, uh, well, there's a term, oh, I forgot to tell you this term. Oh, God, yes. <gasps> there's a term for old, older people in the furry fandom called gray muzzles. <laughs> what That's, a creative one. Oh my God. When they stop like furrying, is it like going to the farm? No, there, I don't think there's a term for hanging up your suit and call it done because like do you ever really leave a fandom no no you they're, don't. they're just they're just the old dogs they're just the ogs they were there throwing yeah. the first brick at fur i'm an old bitch myself so i can relate i would be a gray muzzle because i'm a seasoned spring chicken mm -hmm. uh, i think you have to be a furry for a little bit to count <laughs> you know i think that 
I think that we're all a little bit furry in here because yeah. once you go to the furry convention and you feel so fucking accepted, you're not going to immerse yourself in a community that you that doesn't embrace you. And if you allow yourself to be embraced, you're part of it. Like now when people try to talk shit on furries, I'm like, I'll slit your fucking throat. You know what I mean? It's like, True. it's like they're not hurting anybody. Maybe you need to like check yourself before you wreck yourself. I have um, a question for y'all. Yeah. yeah. If you had to choose an animal to be your persona, what would it be? Chelsea? When we went to FurCon, we it was like, what? what's your animal? And Noelle and I panicked, and we both put wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now, there's always fun ones. Like, I think if I were seriously wanting to get into it, I'd want to be like a shark or a squid or like a blue whale. Um, but they also have like the cutest dragons or they have those like kind of weasel characters with the antenna and then like the, I can't remember like what the term was called, but I would probably be a rat, um, or a bison. (laughs) Completely different. But, and there's a reason why I'd want to be a rat because that was like what my sisters called me growing up was rat. And I find it like such a term of endearment now. And one of my favorite books is called a stainless steel rat is born. Um, so I think I would be like a fucking trashy rat because that's like an aspect of my personality that I think I could really like shape. That sounds so cool. That's like something you could project out there and just be like, yeah, I'm a rat. Well, so we actually did an interview um, where their persona was a werewolf because they had come out as trans and the whole, they were like, I'm going to take what society hates, which is like this part of me that doesn't necessarily fit into what they consider part of the status quo. And I'm going to make it fucking crazy. I'm going to make it scary. And I'm like, yeah, I want to take the aspects of like maybe being a trash person who's not very appealing (laughs) and I want to become a fucking rat furry. And that's what I think that's what I would like to be um, because it's just, it's like you can't make fun of me because I'm making fun of myself. Like I would fat eat me the shit out of that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like some people do that. They take this aspect of themselves and they project it outwards. I That's... would yeah. Absolutely. That's what I would one hundred percent be. I think I would be a rat. Um I think I would like to be um, you know the Fennec fox with the big big giant ears yeah i would like to be a fennec fox um i I just think they're so (laughs) precious i think they're the most precious little things in the entire world um and yeah i just think that would be very cute and i wouldn't want to go for anything deep um i would want to just look cute Mm -hmm. yeah some people go super deep with their characters some people are just like "It, it it it's all subjective like you're doing this for you and it's fun yeah, so tell us about your fursona, um, Apollo, right? Sadalus Apollo or Soul Suncaller. Okay. Whoa. Uh, that's actually so cool. How did you, like, choose – how do you choose a fursona? Um, how did you, like – how did you come into, like, your fursona? Uh, I chose the Labrador Retriever because it's a little literal translation of – my uh, middle name and oh, i was like you know what I, c- I can identify with that being a dog uh, okay i love that the the purple uh it's because it's my birthstone amethyst oh. oh see that's like the creativity that like 
diminishes um like first impressions of people who don't understand it really diminishes like what comes into it right and yeah. i mean do you identify as like an outgoing like super friendly I mean, because everybody always calls like the golden retriever or like the Labrador, like the gold standard. Like if you have a boyfriend who's super friendly, you're like, yeah, I'm dating like a Labrador. Is that how you identify in your day to day? Kind of outwardly, but there's a reason that I put the moon phase on my character's back because uh, he wants to be very much the sunshine, happy, happy go lucky person. But like the moon, he's got a dark side. That's like the mm-hmm. sadness, human feelings that we all feel. Just like, yeah, you know. Oh, I love that. See, this is. I'm so superficial. I would just be like, I'm a cute little cuddly cutie, and then it's like, not just yours, but also um, Alex, who we spoke to the other day. Like such, because even he was making fun of himself for being like a werewolf because it's like a wolf is kind of like a typical one and even yeah. like any type of like dog fox wolf character he was saying is kind of like the 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 typical one but like not even because you put so much like detail mm-hmm. and creativity and like individualism to it it's it's so insane just like the thought that goes into it but like of course of course like i it's just looking at this like trying to readjust my perspective on it because i was really looking at it through a cosplay perspective and it's so much more than that even someone who is like maybe not even even someone who's not trying to be like deep about it it is so much more personal than just like a character it's like embodying things that they they have deal with or want to present as it's it's just really cool to see that um of level of creativity but of course like because everyone's like a fucking artist who gets into the community so like duh yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah kind of like it, it doesn't it doesn't have to be that deep but it can be that deep and for me it is kind of on the on the deeper end of the pool yeah you just like i don't know it also like breathes more life into it right but just like any good um character building i mean even like i think one that maybe more people could understand would be like um like any of the D role-playing podcasts and shit like that like they build these characters up and at first it starts off as ideas on paper but then they bring them to life when they build this lore to the point where like people are yeah. fucking obsessed and it's like that's the same thing with like personas a lot of that overlaps too, because you have uh, the Tabaxi race in D anD D and the Kobolds and stuff that are like cat people, dragon mm-hmm. people, and some people do that. Yeah, yeah. I there's there's kind of like I I, I see that crossover specifically with um like oh my god I'm blanking on the really popular one, but there's a really popular D anD D podcast. They do video of it. And they started a new campaign this year. Oh my God, Critical Role, right? Is that it? Critical Role, something like that. Yeah, that's one of the popular ones. I'm gonna yeah. have to grab my charger in a bit. Okay, yeah, that that like popular one. And um, I don't know the the character building and the personality they put behind it, and then the art that comes from it is very very reminiscent of everything we saw at, like the furry yeah. convention. So, yeah. I I think there's a lot of overlap and i'm curious to see people explore that and maybe not be such fucking dicks about it but um 
you know, that's my hope for the future. But um, so what, how big of a role does like being a furry play into your life? Like day to day, week by week, month by month, seasonally? Uh, just, I guess connecting with a lot of like online friends, it's how it affects my daily life. It's just you check on your your friends that are like across the globe and you're like, hey, how you doing? I, it's kind of like the same way with the gaming community. Or you make these friends online, you're just like, yeah, check it, check in on with them, and you know, see how everything's going, and you, you're all just friendly with each other. So it's like day to day. It's not like I'm putting on the suit every day, or I'm making, uh, <laughs> yeah. making uh, like content, like videos and stuff. Like sometimes I'll make some art, I'll sell art. Sometimes I'll do stuff for fun, but. A lot of the time, it's just kind of vibing. It's just like naturally ingrained, just because like that's your community and who you're around. Yeah. How when does the fursuit come out? Uh, usually at cons or whenever you just want to put on a character and like record a TikTok or a YouTube video. Uh, if you're wearing that too much, uh, I'm glad they make those like little portable fans because. That keeps you from dying. I really wanted one of those, actually, because I was like, I'm sweating my ass off. Every time I put on the bee suit um, to, like, go check out on the beehive, I every day since the FurCon, I've been like, I need that fucking fan. Like, what a yeah. great invention. Yeah, we saw a lot of the fan necklaces that shoot right up so it gets right under the fursuit. And we I didn't was know like, what they yeah. were. We were like, what is, is that? Is that a that voice a changer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a fan. <laughs> Some people have like little squeakers in their suits because some people are verbal, some people aren't. It's just depending on how they want to portray the characters. That's a good fucking question. I had a lot of um, furries making cutesy sounds at me. Um, and I was like, oh, and, but then we had like a full blown conversation with someone in a fursuit. And I was like, is it just, just depending on like their character and what they, they're either like, fully in character like they work at disney you know what i mean and they're like nope i yeah. am like nonverbal, only making animal sounds or they're like hey let's get a fucking beer and they're like in their fursuit still so yeah it just it all depends on the person some are like some are like that like disney code of just like i am the character now do not talk to me don't break the magic mm-hmm. but some are more lax it's it's Again, it's very much dependent on the person. I feel Is like there that a would way to like? Lax. You would be lax. You would talk. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! When I cause, I don't know how you could like not. Like, like yeah. right? Is there a way to identify that? Like, uh, not not that I know of. Because we saw um people even in full fur suits walking around with like like graphic image name tags do you know what that's about oh badges that lets you know who the character is i guess okay so it's uh, just kind of like i really oh, tag. yeah did you I uh well. <laughs> i know fur fur suitors usually have an entourage with them or at least one person with them helping them out because i don't know if you've ever worn a fursuit they're hard to see in they're hard to like navigate in so you we want saw to have a lot of this people holding like the jaw down and like their heads tilt tilted back while they were walking yeah some people have a handler that helps guide them around because i can't see in suit mm-hmm. that 
you know what? Back in the day when I used to do like multiple cosplays for a convention, I also had a handler. So I understand the benefits of that. Um, that, okay. How often are you trying to go to um, conventions? Uh, a lot of it's financial. Like, do I have the money to do this? As yeah. Also with COVID-19 restrictions, being in crowded places, you don't want to get sick. So yeah. uh, they were doing such a good job at this convention. Like the furry convention we went to gave so much more of a shit than like fucking Comic Con, and Comic Con happened last year, like still in the fucking heat of it. Um, the furry convention was like mass the whole time, and. You pick them up when you get in there. And, like, that was also supposed to be Comic-Con's vibe as well. But they weren't fucking regulating it. They weren't enforcing it. So people would be like, Mer. And then um, the furry convention was like, see vaccines at the door. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or else you're not even getting in. Yeah, so. they're very much trying to keep everyone safe there. And a lot of it, uh, I feel like compared to anime cons, a lot of it feels more close-knit. Yeah, no, definitely. Everybody's trying to look out for each other. Yeah, yeah, there's no us versus them. Like, I did not get that vibe in the slightest. Yeah, and I think that just, like, the fact that the furry community is kind of just, like, built off of that, built off of, like, supporting each other and being open with each other. It, of course, they're going to have, the, like, enforcing these policies. The furry artist community is basically the same group of people, at least within my circle, the same group of people passing the same $20 bill around. <laughs> That was that was one of the jokes that um, was said during one of the panels we went to, because um, oh, it was the fucking musician concert. Yeah, we went to uh, we watched furry musicians, two individual furries who make their own music, but then come together. Was it, uh, was it Pepper and Foxamore? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. yep, I know Pepper Coyote and Foxamore. Yeah. Yep. Yes them so we were watching them and they were pitching their patreon and then they were like they made that same joke about how um like it's just the same five dollars being passed around to the different furry musicians yeah do you love them what's the deal uh i i like pepper uh oh. <laughs> oh. wait is pepper the singer or the piano guy? he's the singer foxamore i think I want to say Fox Moore is. I don't remember where exactly he's from. He British and Nate. <laughs> British. I he's Scottish. Oh, he might be Scottish too. Who bugging those? Yeah. But uh, yeah. Interesting. I like Pepper. Um, he's a cool dude. Are there problematic people in the community where everyone knows that they're shitty, but no one says anything? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you Did... want to message us, we'll call them out. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I I'm I'm loving uh, I'm loving all of the the tea about it. Also, yeah, we were fucking gooped when we went to a full blown furry concert by furry musicians and making furry music about furries. That was like okay. that was such a mind fuck for us. We were like, wait a damn minute. I had such a good time too because it was um they were very charismatic and when they were like everybody clap your hands I was like I was yeah. up I was having a good time and it's like it, there, it really it's it's permission to just fucking have a good time which is what I loved about it. 
did you go to any did they have any like raves or anything there they yeah, definitely we did go. we didn't go uh because there are some fire furry djs uh, we know one shout out to the goal who is actually the one of the uh creators at Vality studios did i wish we could have gone but it just didn't work out schedule wise but Again, everybody should check out Validity Studios because they we made also, that sticker. We also saw a crossover between, well, I did, like EDM heads and like furries. Because um, as we were leaving, which was when the like DJ set was happening, we saw like the hottest woman get into her fursuit. And it was very much like the EDM raver community, like on her fursuit. And I was like, would you look oh, yeah. at that? Mm-hmm. Yeah that's again a lot of it overlaps and that's where you could see a lot of the furry dance they dance in full suit and i'm just like how do you not die it's yeah, so hot right? and they're yeah. just they're dancing better than people would like in regular clothes you know yeah it's um it will and also glad, i'm glad noah pointed that out like we saw a really pretty girl in there but it was like it's kind of the great equalizer too in terms of like conventional standard beauty right because you put on the fursuit and it's almost that love is blind show where you're getting to know someone's like best parts of their personality do you find like your friendships are better in the furry community because you're not hiding behind that bullshit yeah i think so you're you're kind of your true face and yeah you're sometimes genuinely surprised whenever it's like oh yeah i didn't know you looked like that yeah that's cool (laughs) That, that uh, makes so much there, sense. there, there's also the the horrible aspect that comes with it, where somebody can idolize the character rather than the person. Oh, that was um not to call oh. Noelle out, but she had a relationship where her boyfriend was trying to be like the Joker from <laughs> Joker, and it was like pathetically. Sad. Oh, he's oh, got, yeah, gotta, gotta get his charger. Party. Yep. Are you going to um, relate my <laughs> shitty relationship to um, idolizing a furry right now? Well, yeah, because that's essentially like what happened. It was um, very much cringy when <laughs> they created their fucking Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my fucking god. But- I mean, that is true. I forgot to mute, didn't I? That's oh, no, <laughs> okay. We didn't just, hear anything. I'm just but... shit talking Noel. Yeah, she was just <laughs> talking shit about me because um, I was in a situation. I dated a person who was um, very much obsessed with a character, um, which unfortunately happened to be the Joker. And oh, Jared no. Leto's Joker. Red flag. Yeah. Jared, Leto- Le- Jared Leto's Joker, which is like the biggest. Oh, no. <laughs> like, Worst like, one. I'm like, at least big Jack Nicholson or something, you stupid bitch. <laughs> Um, it's like, hate oh, to be basic and love Heath Ledger like the rest. Right? I know, right? Oh my god. So I'm just making fun of her for like what ended up being a terrible relationship. But. Yeah, that was that <laughs> was uh, definitely someone preferring the persona rather than the person. So, oh, do I get it? But yeah. have like that's that's yeah, that makes so much sense. Have you experienced that before? Like, uh, not not really. But Not of, like, my other experience, people who, but around some you. people, some people may have. Yeah, 
I guess that makes sense. I mean, that's the whole thing of, right, don't meet your idols, because then they end up just being not that cool. Yeah. Except Jake the Snake. That was, like, the best. <laughs> that's what I fucking when I met Jake the Snake. Oh, my God. Um, but, I mean... I guess, like, if people become, like, furry famous, do they tend to, like, get away with a little bit more? Does it follow, like, social trends like that, where... Yeah, I I think so. It's kind of like people are going to be people regardless. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people, famous people, that reminds me, uh... What's his name? The guy from Insane Clown Posse. He has a fursuit, I think. <gasps> no what? shit! Which one? Hold on. Uh, Killer Killer J. I think that's his name. Oh I, my I'm not God. sure. I just know about it through internet osmosis. <laughs> oh my God. Well, find it. Hold on. Okay. Well, as I look this up, um, any any last thoughts? Any um, anything you want anyone to know? Misconceptions or just about yourself or whatever it may be. Um, Furries are cool. Uh, I agree with that. And, uh, check out. Can I plug something? Absolutely. Please, absolutely. Please plug it. Check out Hollow Bones Pins. Hollow Bones Pins. Just like H O L L O W. H O L O underscore B O N E S on Twitter. Oh, hell yeah. Well, perfect. We will. And also, it is Violent J, and he is either a husky or wolf furry. Um, and the markings, I assume it's a husky then, because the markings are very reminiscent of um, Juggalo fa his Juggalo face makeup. And um, it is, I would call his furry more, um, less less uh animated and definitely like leaning more realistic it doesn't have like the cutesy eyes it's kind of squarey yeah. <laughs> but that makes sense for him and he i also have the money to do it though we learned that that's a oh yeah thing. and he does it with his daughter that's why because his daughter is also a furry and so he um has made a suit with her and they go to conventions together God damn it i can't even shit on him because that's precious you should include your children in your hobbies and, yep. uh, but well, I feel like I, just I think don't she got like... him into it. Yeah, she got him into it. Um, yeah, she she got him into it. They're fucking incredible. What a god! And she's like, she's got the typical like animated eyes, cutie looking little yeah. wolf, and then he's a scary juggalo wolf that is wearing like a like ninja sensei type outfit. But yeah. um, I love them so much. And you know what? Another community hated on juggalos. Um, they made a, they took a lot of correct turns over the last five years. <laughs> Drawing lines in the sand, saying that they fucking hate racists and they hate Trump, and they're all about, uh, you know, acceptance and family. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, we gotta go to we gotta go to an ICP rally next. We gotta start um, setting the right exactly. That's race. next destination. Yeah, next destination. <laughs> we'll see you at the gathering, um, and it'll be all. We're marking off all the taboos. We're fucking pulling the fucking veil off of them. And showing everyone that they're just fucking sick-ass communities. Um, yeah. So with that, 
thank you so much for speaking with us and hanging out with us and also allowing us to be ignorant in the community and educating us. Yeah, hey, thanks for. I'm glad I could. Um, yeah, and thanks. any other, oh, uh, say thank you, Chelsea, hurry. Thank you. Thanks for everything. <laughs> I've been so, like, if somebody reached out to me and they're like, can I interview you about your community that's absolutely misunderstood? I would be like, bitch, why? Fuck no. So just the fact that people, have, you've been so gracious in, you know, doing this, I'm very appreciative. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. And, thanks for having me. Yeah. And I'm sorry you had to put up with Noel. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> And, okay, so Soul is a listener of the podcast, and we are so grateful that they, like, opened up their time with us because this went on for a while. When I came downstairs and Oliver was like, were you upstairs for, like, two hours? I'm like, no, it was, like, a half hour. And that's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. We – I was nervous because, like, this is a space that Noel and I have curated where we don't even let our own partners in. Yeah, And um, to have people willing to sit down with us where I was like looking at the clock thinking, I wish I had more time. Yeah. Wow. I would have, I would have done more and more time I, to everyone. I would have talked with everyone forever. Um, and I'm super thankful and grateful for all the time and the openness that they had with us. And Sol was so astute when they pointed out that, um, and even Alex, where it's easy to hate on the furry community because it tends to be... Um, an open place for queers. So is this the last place where it is acceptable to be a bigot in society? Because really when you're saying that you're hating on the furry community, you're putting an umbrella on that safe place where people are allowed to express their sexuality. And it's like, mm -hmm. Oh, you know, because yeah. there are remnants of our puritanical society that still exist. Mm -hmm. And we're just emulating that in new forms by yeah. shitting on this entire community. Yeah. And one of the things that we learned, not just from our interviews um, with like Alex and Soul, but also from the furry mental health and sexual health panel we went oh. to that was put on by a sex therapist, um, <clears throat> at, at its core, even if the furries within the, like, even though like the sex yiffing aspect is not the entirety of it at its core. The furry community is so open and accepting that naturally it is a sex positive community yeah. and you have the empowerment of people and their um, not just sexual identity expression, but their just expression of self like and of themselves. And, and all of that is just like out into the open and public and yeah. welcomed warmly. <laughs> Here's another part where we were really showing our asses is we did we thought this would be a sexuality panel on like furry sex. Mm -hmm. It was a sexuality panel on sexual health and I got absolutely dog walked on this one. I actually I had like an emotional reaction in the middle of it when I was like if we taught this in schools if Yeah people knew this information. Like I almost like, well, I wanted to like tear up at one point. Um, but it was really like when people asked questions and it was so genuinely informed. And then when the, you know, the, um, the, it was like a doctorate of sexology, right? It was like the, mm -hmm. the actual title, but they went over how to give consent and then they helped people understand the nature that like, you know, an enthusiastic yes isn't necessarily something that 
would be the ages with a relationship, you know, mm-hmm. or the fact that sexual gratification doesn't have to lead to an orgasm. And yeah. it was actually really, you know, there was one part where a person was like, well, what if you get insecure if you can't make your partner orgasm? And then the immediately people popping up, primarily um, women, were you definitely talk to your partner about that, but also realize that for some people, that physical aspect of sex, especially in this type of community where not everybody is just like um, identifies on the scale, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Of just like more direct um, sex as we know it, I would say, is that that's not the sexual gratification that they're going for. And they were also open to to the fact that like some people don't orgasm from sex. Like, and I was like, they're having a conversation that every fucking person should have heard when they were going into puberty. Because like, if a boy, if boys, I'm just going to like go, you know, black and white genders here, but let's just say like, if a boy knew that it was okay to not make a girl orgasm. And if a little girl knew that it was okay, that she, her self-worth wasn't in giving men orgasms. Could you imagine like how much trauma we could have bypassed where you thought the only way to be a good partner, me as a female was giving in. And then as a man being like, I have to be this like sex fiend. And they were having this conversation that that is not what intimacy is. And I was just sitting there this whole time thinking about like every experience that I've had and worrying about like, is my niece going to grow up thinking that these are, this is what like intimacy is because that's what I thought it was. And I just was like, this is, I'm, I was fucking floored. And they also went into um, discussions about like the difference between like shame and cultural norms and sexual norms. They went into like dealing with um, like religious trauma um, and versus like sexual health and like sex acceptance they also went into how how to have healthy conversations with your partner about sex and that also includes like potentially bringing like you know toys into the situation or exploring new avenues of like sex um, Mm -hmm. intercourse outer course etc tantric whatever it was a open honest conversation about the intricacies and details and beautifulness of um, a healthy sexual relationship not just sexual but intimate relationship with with someone it was so good like when they said the guilt versus shame thing i Mm -hmm. went through every religious trauma i've ever had and oh man it was just um they even went over like sexual rights and it was sexual rights in the sense of like it it was they went over what the UN sexual rights are yeah and, and they I, were like these are not up for debate period yeah and it was if there's and it, I mean I have the list here I can read it really quickly but it was the highest attainable standard of health in relation to sexuality including access to sexual and reproductive health care services so we fail in the United States mm-hmm. the capacity to seek receive and impart information in relation to sexual access to sexuality education respect for bodily integrity free choice of partner or partners the right to decide to be sexually active or not the right to consensual sexual relations the right to consensual consensual marriage the right to decide whether or not and when to have children and the right to pursue a satisfying, safe and pleasurable sexual life. I was thinking this whole time, like whenever I got sexual health classes, it was never that encompassing. It was like, this is an STD. 
Yeah, well, you Utah won't get it is if you abstinence only. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it was it, the the ways people could benefit from that type of just informational. It wasn't religious. Yeah. It wasn't shame based like abstinence only is. It was informative and it was fact based and it was to mm-hmm. the point and it it encompassed both like the ways to protect yourself, to protect other people, mm-hmm. and to just at the end of the day have fun because. That's like the whole entire point of intimacy is to feel mm-hmm. connected and safe and um, comfortable with other people. A hundred percent. And it gave people permission to leave if they're not, I don't want to say satisfied, but if they're not also getting it, you know what I mean? Like if you find a person who mm-hmm. just wants to leave like their shirt on during sexual moments and you have a partner who's like full nudity all the time, both have a right to be mm-hmm. comfortable and you don't have to compromise on that type of stuff if you don't want to, because it's also long term. Like, you know what, maybe like twice a month I'll take my shirt off, but lights will be off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was just yeah, like yeah. things like that where it's like, you never have that conversation of just putting things into like fucking reality because yeah. everybody it's, it's not a black and white issue where you like, you have to be enthousi- enthusiastically into it right fucking now. And he was even saying like, um, if you have a partner who – because somebody asked a question about, like, foreplay. Like, what's the difference between foreplay and, like, in, like non-penetrative intercourse? And he was just like, well, um, like, the goal of foreplay – like, some people's foreplay doesn't happen, like, beginning – at the beginning of sex. Like, for them, their foreplay, like, they don't get excited until they're into sex. And then that also went into the consent part or, like – He's like, you know what? An enthusiastic yes is nice, but some people aren't enthusiastic until like maybe 20 minutes into the act mm-hmm. and it takes them a while. And I was the whole time I was like, Wah! like, would we not have mass shooters if boys, and I'm saying men because, you know, that's just what it is. But if like boys learned that it was okay to like talk about this shit and to find healthy sexual partners yeah. and to realize that they don't have to use their dicks and their fists every time they're upset. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was one of the best panels I've ever had the opportunity I, to um, sit in on. Yeah, same. And I was just like, this is so absolutely important. And I think it should be taught at every single fucking Comic-Con. And I've never seen it taught. And the fact that we were just getting dunked on by FurCon. Mm-hmm. Every convention. This would probably be... I've, I had the yeah. best time. I just absolutely. had the best time. And I felt absolutely. sad that we had it socially prepared for a three day weekend. Cause I would have yeah. loved to go to more panels. Yeah. A thousand percent. Um, it was one of the greatest, um, learning experiences with such a payoff afterwards, because the payoff was getting, um, to experience time and share time with the very community. Um, and just their graciousness. Um, it was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that our gift to everyone listening is just a better understanding and an open heart to a community that already has accepted you. They don't even know yeah. you yet, and they've already accepted you with open arms. So I hope yeah. that you can do the same for them. I hope that your opinions have changed at the end of this, and I hope that you look into potentially um, supporting your local furry convention. If I 
I 100% agree. And if you really want to learn about the fur community, ask somebody how they came up with like their fursona. And mm-hmm. your, you, the enlightenment that you will receive could be like next to a religious experience. It was just so fun. Um, so yeah, I, I hate, I, like if you came here hoping for something like sexy and salacious and left a better person, you're fucking welcome. Don't thank us. Thank the furry community. <laughs> That's it a thousand percent. Um, and I guess while we get out of here, um, I bet this is going to be a bit of a longer episode because we have multiple interviews. So thanks for hanging till the end. I hope it was worth it. I know it was for us. Um, and today of all days, I'd like to say I'll do a double. I'll do a twofer. I'll say hail Satan. And because I know they'd want me to say it as well. Um, hail the furries. Hail the furries indeed. And hail Furcon. Straight up. <laughs>